two, and everybody, one. welcome back to Filmatic Podcast. I'm here with an all-star group of individuals to discuss Avatar: The Way of Water. But first, we have a question, uh, an integral question relevant to this topic. I want to know what is everybody's favorite blue character. All right, I'm going to start on my screen. So we'll start with Darian. Uh, what's your favorite blue character? This is a tough one. Um, my immediate choice was going to be Breaking Bad Jesse Pinkman after he falls into the urinal. However, I'm starting to realize there's a lot of blue characters. All right, so that's my human choice. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny. I would say otherwise it's probably a Pokemon Greninja. Okay. I'll go with that for my non-human. And then if we're just talking about real-world animals that aren't humans, I would probably say a shark. (laughs) One of them's got to be blue. Okay, yeah. All right. I'll accept a lot of answers. I like it. All right, Skyla, newcomer on the podcast, by the way. Welcome. Hi. Um, I don't know many blue characters. Um, I don't really like the blue Care Bear. I don't really like the Smurfs. Chief Wiggum's... He's dumb. Yeah. Um, I like the mom on Avatar. The mommy on Avatar, I think. Okay, you're referring to Nietri, of course. Yeah. 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 Of humans? Of humans that are blue? Oh, Uh, oh no. No, no, no. I got... Hold on. I'm I'm taking the blue mommy back. Okay. It's... We talked about this a moment ago from Monsters vs. Aliens. Bob, Bob, is that his name? Bob. I believe it stands for something. Guy. It's like an acronym. I don't know what it stands for, but we can, we'll look that up. Jamie, um, pull that up? Yeah, Jamie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I miss Jamie. Jamie was here last week. He was a big help. So Bob stands for Benzoit Osteolazine Bicarbonate. Okay. <laughs> He's a blue, one-eyed, indestructible, gelatinous mass that was spontaneously created in a lab when scientists injected a chemically altered ranch dressing into a genetically altered tomato. You didn't know. So why is he blue? It doesn't matter. Stupid question. Just that description, that might be the most Seth Rogen character of all time. Just (laughs) a combination of ranch with a tomato. I feel like most Seth, and most Seth Rogen characters are just Seth Rogen. So <laughs> exactly. There you go. All right, Evan. Evan was pitched this, you know, little intro to me in the beginning. So I'm really excited to hear his answer. What's your um, favorite blue character? It's like, unfortunately, it's 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 not like a super exciting one. I probably have like two two solid picks. So like, honorable okay. mention, it's got to go to like the blue Eminem guy. Um, you know, he's got. Okay. I kind of like the uh, I kind of like the orange one and the red one a little more. The red one's like kind of like you know grouchy. It's like hey, what is the? Yeah, I believe it's the orange one that says, uh, "Do you think we're stupid?" In the in the you know, first of all, we're talking about the. <laughs> is this an envelope? Oh, no, this is an envelope. Uh, Here's your mission. Movie theater oh, intro. This is an envelope. Yes, I think he's the one who says, "Do you think we're stupid?" And hits the lamp and it yeah, swings probably. around and hits him in the head. Or no, that might I be the red the one. one. That's probably the red one because he's like kind of. I thought of the feisty. red was an angry one. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, because and the orange one. You is know, like there's two versions. Red. Yeah, he's. No, there's one version of that ad where at the end it's like eat M and M's and turn off your cell phones, and there's a little like little stinger at the end where the bomb is still ticking because the red one walked away. Yeah, of course. And the orange yeah. guy is like, 
Uh, why is it still ticking? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, why yeah. is it still counting? Yeah, you're right. That's it. Um, my point being, I think the orange one is the stupid one. So. Uh, yeah, uh, he's alright. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, what about I guess... that green one though, huh? Please yeah, don't get true. Here. Like the brown one, um, <laughs> who Tucker Carlson does not find attractive anymore because she has different. <laughs> Um, let's yeah. see, what are some other good blue characters? Um, honestly, fuck Dory. Like, I like Finding Nemo, but, nah. <laughs> Wait, uh, I think my pick's gotta go to the man James P. Sullivan, and also, um, okay. the, um, the, I don't know, what would you call it, the notorious baby Smitty who chomps on Mike Wazowski's face. <laughs> That's an underrated. That's a that's a gem. That's a gem right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Jeff, do you have a favorite blue character? You know, we've been looking at this uh, visual of a bunch of different blue characters, but this Darian like, just made me visual. It's it's so terrible to look at. We'll post it on it's, the Instagram. They'll, they'll see it's a teaser. They'll see it. It's it's unintelligible. You can't you can't really see what you're looking at. But Darian had mentioned his favorite real life blue character being Jesse Pinkman. And I got a pick Tobias Funke from Arrested Development that Thank instantly you. put that in my head. <laughs> but then outside, Michael, like, I blew he was, myself. I blew myself. Just uh, there you go. I, a hilarious. It's, it's crazy because Darian chose Jesse Pinkman, who's in Breaking Bad, with Saul Goodman played by Bob Odenkirk. You chose Tobias, who's played by David Cross, and obviously the two started as uh, a comedy duo in Mr. Show. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, piece things together. Uh, no, my, for my favorite blue character, you know, so many to choose from chief Wiggins was mentioned. I'm a big fan of chief Wiggins. I think he's pretty funny. Um, uh, however, also I think we're forgetting Mr. Meeseeks. Look at me. I was going to say, come on. I have Mr. Meeseeks. Look at me. I think that's a great pick. I think that's uh, yeah. A so between pick. Wiggums, Mister Meeseeks, and Papa Smurf, I think those are going to be my top three in a specific order. So, um, oh, that's a the alarm is ringing. It's time to start the podcast and dive right into Avatar. The way of, what was that? What was that scoff? I didn't like that. <laughs> Doing a little PTSD uh, here. Yeah, but that siren is also used. It's used for the to. Uh, launches into the podcast. It's also going to be used later for something very special. We'll get to that. But first, Avatar: The Way of Water. It's been what the first one came out in two thousand nine. Here we are in twenty twenty two. Well, we're recording in twenty twenty three, but this movie came out in December twenty twenty two. And apparently, my grandparents it's, it's, saw it's the coming. first one in theaters. I didn't even really. See the that's interesting. Theaters. Yeah, I know. They said they enjoyed it. I they did, did not either. see the second one though, or else they'd be on this review. They would be. <laughs> They're contractually, they would have to be. Um, but yeah, so you know, here we are. I, I guess the first thing I kind of want to talk about is, um, and anyone can jump in on this. When was the last time you saw the first one, and? How did that impact your feelings going into this? Okay, I guess I'll start just so you guys can start kind of thinking. For me, I truly have not seen the first one 
since the year after it came out when it was on DVD. Uh, so 2010. And I have very, I had very vague memories of it. And um, I didn't remember not disliking it, but I remember just thinking it was okay. And whenever somebody would talk about it, I'd just be like, it's whatever. Why are we talking about it? And then, you know, you start to learn about the box office. It's like, wait, what? That's the top grossing movie of all time? It's so strange because it didn't seem to have any lasting, uh, I guess a lot of people use this term online, but cultural relevance. What is the cultural relevance of Avatar? And I was just kind of, to be honest and to be frank, I just kind of jumped on that ship in my mind where it's like, yeah, it's not relevant. You know, no one ever talks about it. I don't really get it. They're coming out with a new one. What? You know, Darian and I specifically, I remember I've had a, many a conversation about it, just hearing the movie news and such. Um, and just talking about, the hell is this even going to be about? And then what happened in the first one? You know, we watch movie clips and try to piece together what happened in the first one. I know that sounds stupid. Why didn't we just watch the movie? <laughs> anyway, I don't know. That's what we did. Like, oh, so the general, he died. How did he, you know, anyway. Um, Anyway, my point was going into this, I went in with an open mind, but I went in with a little bit of a um, sour kind of kind of taste in my mouth from what people have been talking about and the fact that no one had been talking about it. And I just assumed it was going to be, hate to use the forbidden word, but mid. I don't think it was mid. I think it was a lot better than mid. I think it was a really good movie. We'll talk about that. And I might be in the minority in some things... As we get into it, because I also finally rewatched the first one uh, a few days ago. I rewatched the first one on my own for the first time since 2010, and I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. And anyway, I'm not trying to uh, suck off James Cameron or anything, but we will we'll get into it. So I'll open the floor up now to anybody who wants to jump in. Feel free on the same topic. Yeah, I likewise... Likewise, I had not seen it since it came out and it was available as soon as it was available to watch on TV on demand. That's when me and my family watched it. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was like back when we had just uh, 2010. So we got like a 55 inch screen TV just before it came out back when that was like the largest you could do pretty much. Mm-hmm. And so it was just the one thing I remember about it was I did not like the plot, but I was very impressed by the graphics. You would not really see that, especially on something that you could get on demand at the time. It was very impressive to me. But I just, likewise, I did not watch the movie, did not watch a recap of the movie prior to going into this. I, you know, I had often said that Avatar is the one movie I will never watch again and would never watch a sequel of. And... We see how I stick to my runs there. But I was very surprised because I had no recollection of the movie at all. And I was talking to Evan trying to figure out what the first movie was even about when he picked me up to go watch this movie. And they, I will commend James Cameron on doing a great job on making it so that way you don't even have to have any knowledge really of the first movie to be able to jump into this one. Just as long as you knew like the basic like th- three plot points. Oh, humans came. They tried to take the planet. Human guy becomes an alien. They 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 take back the planet. Yeah. And 
It it was I I will also agree. It was a very enjoyable movie. I won't say it was a great movie like you did, but I was also expecting it to be quite terrible when I came in. So I'm very surprised and somewhat pleased. Yeah. All right. Um. um. <laughs> <laughs> First time on already messing things up. <laughs> And then you go, you go, Evan. <laughs> uh, sorry, I, 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 like, I, I have horrible connection with viewers at home. Sorry. True. So I apologize if I'm, like, laggy. All right. Um, you know what? I actually don't remember how long ago I saw the first Avatar. I've seen it twice. And each time I saw it, it was on probably, like, it was on this, like, Blu-ray copy we had. Because I remember, like, when Avatar... It was first uh, coming out on physical. It was um, like when Blu-ray was, I think, first like kind of becoming like a big thing, and I think that was like supposedly one of the movies that like um, got a lot of people to start like you know converting to Blu-ray. So I had this copy. I don't know like who got it, but we've had it around our house. So I had never saw the first one in theaters. Like most, like or I guess. I don't know. Maybe not a lot of people our age, but like a lot of people older than us seem to have gone to like see it in theaters. Um, mm-hmm. I want to say the last time I saw it was probably like three or four years ago, and I've always kind of been on the side that like I think it's a pretty decent movie. It's uh, it's not like it's it's like neither like great nor bad, but I think it's like better. It's it has more like cool qualities and interesting qualities and in, in, um, in my opinion than it does like bad qualities and uh i kind of vibe with like you know pandora it's pretty cool <laughs> yeah i yeah. agree i'll stop there i'll go i will go now um uh, i was probably two <laughs> <laughs> when I saw this movie, maybe seven, I'm not sure. Um, mathematically, whatever. <laughs> Came out on movie. I watched it at my cousin Russell's house. So that was scary because I'm very scared of him and he's in prison now. So I had reason to be scared of him. Um, and I don't remember much of the movie, but I remember my parents telling me that like it was super groundbreaking because of the details in it. But I... Uh, didn't really care or notice anything. I don't know. I was a child and everything kind of looks the same on the TV to a child, I feel like. So it wasn't that impressive to me. Um, yeah, I don't remember any of the plot from it. I had to also be run down before we saw the movie, um, which I think helped. I don't think I could understand what the hell was going on if I didn't get a refresher of the first movie plot sequence um especially the part about the mom and her daughter who like is having a seizure and she's like also like the hair that still doesn't really make sense (laughs) yeah yeah i do remember my cousin justin had just been um he just got back from like iraq or whatever, and he had my mom in a chokehold. So that's all I could remember. Not in like an evil way, but in like a playful, like, I'm back. So that's really all I remember about my Avatar movie is my mom in a chokehold. 
my family when I return home from college. I just, you know, give the old dad a It's automatic. I love this sound. <laughs> Uh, Darian, did you have any just random thoughts before we get specific uh, about the same same thing about going into it? Yeah, I mean, I think my thoughts are like the exact same as yours were in a bill. Like, I, I don't know. I didn't really. Yeah. I, I didn't get it on one level, but also I did get it because, you know, money. But from uh, James Cameron being a real person who cares about making movies, I thought it was kind of weird. I don't know. I think the first one was like I'm not I haven't rewatched it. I'm not gonna sit here and act like I know that much about it. But from what I did go back and rewatch with you, scenes wise, it doesn't feel like it's held up that well. It doesn't feel like it's held up horribly, but it just feels kind of like yeah. I don't know. Going back, some of the visuals feel a little. They're they're still good. They're still good for how old they are. But like compared to the new movie, they definitely feel a little bit off. I think personally, that's fair. I'm like conflicted as to whether it's like a super forgettable movie or whether like or that or if it's not because like I I always I remember like the general gist of the first one but then there's also like I can't really like name how like a certain like scene that I like like that or like a character I like and like certain things that play out in the movie it's like I don't know yeah. it's it's definitely yeah you, I think you watch the- it and, like. For me, is cool. Just, yeah, yeah, like the, I remember the concept being cool. And, I mean, you know, I was in the same boat as both of you um, up until recently. When I, I feel like a big thing, and I can only speak for myself. Um, so maybe it sounds stupid, but a big thing for me when watching a movie, uh, in any whether it's watching a new movie or rewatching something, is like the perspective and mindset. I'm in when I go into it. Um, so when I rewatched the first one, finally, after all these years, with the context of the second movie, going in with an open mind, whereas where I feel like if I had watched it a week before seeing the second movie, I would have had a very different mindset. Not saying that I I think I still would have liked it. Uh, you know what I'm trying to say, though? It's like, I, I feel like now I do. I mean, I've been said, like I've been saying, like I feel like I do understand the play-by-play of scenes now and i do even you know skyla mentioned sigourney weaver's character being connected to the tree and having seizures and whatever like yeah it's still like fucking absurd but they're actually unless i'm like over analyzing and i think there is something in the first movie that does give a hint to why that's happening and i'm sure it'll be followed through in the third movie um which we can discuss uh later i guess my point being, I I really, in the last two weeks, everything's kind of flipped for me. I, I'm an avatar fan. <laughs> I, I mean, which I, I'm kind of joking, but I, I, I do. I actually am excited to see the next movie. If given the opportunity, um, I would rewatch this movie. Um, that's just how I feel now. I really, yeah, and we'll get into it. But yeah, so that's... I guess that's a good place to kind of wrap that section up about how we all feel going into it. Um, I do want to mention, though, you know, we talk a lot about the box office for this. There's been a lot of questions leading up to it as to will it perform the way it needs to perform. 
there were things flowing around. I know we were all echoing when we saw the movie that it needs to make $2 billion, which I learned isn't necessarily true. Apparently, what James Cameron meant in that quote was that two, three, two and three need to make $2 billion. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, two and three need to make $2 billion for it to profit. In oh, fact, this movie see. only needed $400 million to profit, which it, yeah, at this point, it's at $1.5 billion. So oh, then they'll be it, fine, it's doing really well. I guess. Uh, yes, maybe, not. I guess they are going to be fine. I guess we're yeah. getting five after all, probably. Then, <laughs> most likely, yeah. I mean, it's going. It looks like it's going to hit two billion by the end of the month. That's um, crazy. Actually, you think he's going to live that long? What? Not to be rude, uh, but <laughs> I know I, I brought that up before. Right? Um, I mean, it's like a, a water sports guy, guy right? <laughs> He always has like. Yeah, some... I mean, he's, he keeps. He always has that shirt on. That's like the. the <laughs> yeah, yeah. He loves water so much. Yeah. He made like three movies about water. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. He is uh, sixty-eight. So. Yeah, he'll be. I think he, I think he'll be fine. I don't know. He'll, he's gonna make it to four. All right, he's gonna make it to four. Because there yeah, are because. So. because They've already finished filming three, and they're halfway through filming four. So, and didn't you say that yeah. three is supposedly about fire people, fire Navi people? Okay, well, so it came out a few days ago. I'm sure Darian probably saw. We just see it on Twitter, Darian. That's where I saw it. But I it was saw a quote. YouTube actually. Oh, this is a I saw a, a. Yes, it was a quote from James Cameron. Where he's like, we're exploring the flu, the flubilockies, the, the fire avatar. Um, I'll look no it way. up. But he he confirmed of the ash. Yes, that's what it is. That's, that's a better way to. Um, I think that's gonna but, be really hard to sell. Like water people, like okay, they're alien. They live on a different planet. You can accept a certain degree of like this is not really making sense, but. But fire, I mean, you saw how devastated they were when their forest was burning. I know there are different type of people that would be living in the fire zone, but how habitable can a fire habitat be? I don't think it I can be. I think it'll be. be cool to look at, at least. I mean, Is also, everything going to be engulfed in flames? That won't yeah, be fun to looking, look at. That's raw. What are you talking about? That's awesome. <laughs> you know, they won't be able to do their little hair. <laughs> Um, they're confirmed that it was... Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll read a quote from James Cameron about pale. this. So, quote, uh, showing cultures different from those I've already shown, Cameron told French outlet, the f- quote, like the, fire, the fire will be represented by ash people. I want to reveal the Navi from another angle because for the moment, I've only shown their good sides. In the early films, there are very negative human examples and very positive Navi examples. In Avatar 3, we'll have the opposite. You will also explore new universes while ex- yeah, while continuing the story of the main characters. I can say that the last parts will be the best. The others were an introduction, a way to set the table before serving the meal. But obviously everything depends on how Avatar 2 will be received, if it finds its audience. So... I understand and- it now. The Navi have scorned this other group of people who probably didn't live in a fire habitat, but now do because they scorched Earth them and they're rehabilitating and everything is demolished. That's my bet. What if, just, what if they're just arsonists? What if they just burn everything and that's why they're evil? I think that would be cool. 
Um, <laughs> I like fact, the idea I guess. That, that the Navi have done horrible things to each other, and that's why this group exists. I was just like, oh, so they're gonna be like racist, like hateful <laughs> oh. tribe of <laughs> aliens, like killing the other ones or some shit. No, like, I like this idea. I like I like this concept. Avatar so Nazis. That's what I was thinking. About. No, no. <laughs> it's always, they always do Nazis in movies. Let me yeah, it's always German. I'm a little sleepy. Boy, I'm going DEFCON 3 on the ash, people. Uh, um, is, there a, is there a sound bite? Like, we can do... Uh, I definitely think it's a no, good idea, though, what, to what, switch what? it like that. But... <laughs> Go ahead, Jeff. That's a, that's a very good concept, because I feel like the first and the second movies have the same kind of ideology. It's... Uh, in come the humans to take over the planet and it would be interesting because you almost just see the navi as this incredible group of people um there's moments where obviously they're not perfect no culture is but overall you see them kind of as a pure simple people i mean they have simple traditions they follow with it and they're very in tune with nature Mm -hmm. so i think it'd be very interesting to see it completely flipped and now that you're saying that, I'm very curious and actually am very excited about this third movie. Like if, like yeah. if the Fire Navi like sided with the humans, dude, that'd be awesome. That'd be, that would, that'd be that's that a really good idea. I feel like from a writing perspective, I would love to see that at the very least. Yeah, um, does that make the Navi the, the, the Fire Navi the French? The French. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's funny. Uh, so, all right, so. My point with that was the box office. Uh, right now, it's at one and a half billion, well beyond profitable. It's going to hit at least two billion. Probably going to become the most grossing, the highest grossing movie again, uh, surpassing the first one. Nah, really? I don't know. I don't. Think I think so. it. Uh, I think it's on track. I think it might. It's going to be like than Black Adam. Are we sure? <laughs> the higher. Pretty sure made Black Adam's like entire domestic run <laughs> in one weekend, like. <laughs> Pretty sure it beat Black Adam on day three. <laughs> like, That's not true. That's actually not We're going true. to revolutionize the superhero paradigm. That's what he says. <laughs> the hierarchy of Na'vi is going <laughs> to change. Avatar 3 will just end and it will be like, so what should we call your people? Ash people. And Jake Sell. <laughs> We're Ash We're people Ash now. People now. <laughs> Ash people. Ash people just does oh inherently God, sound very derogatory. That. That's it. We're what? Ash people. <laughs> and then in the fourth one, it's like, so that's it. We're desert people now. We're some kind of. Well, the, okay. Some another quote he said: "In Avatar Five, there will be scenes on Earth." We're gonna see oh, what Earth is like. We're gonna see what but humans. Avatar are. five. Yeah. Five. <laughs> gonna. That's what he said. Dead before it comes out. <laughs> I think you guys are underestimating. This guy swims a lot. Okay. <laughs> okay, but He's wait. Now the I mean, second ones yeah. come out, right? Aren't they like gonna start churning them out more often? Isn't it like gonna be done? Yeah. By okay. The, so three is coming out. Five or something. Yeah, so right now it's they're they're trying to do every two years. So three is coming out in December twenty twenty four. Four is happen. coming out in December. It's already filmed. 
four is I coming out. I don't believe out. that's gonna happen. It literally is. It's done. Already filmed. That's that's yeah, they filmed these. They filmed it back to back. Avatar yeah, four. It cost them ten million dollars a scene to do this. James scene Cameron was like. like It'll depend on how the second one does, but we already filmed this one. So <laughs> not filming really. is not the problem, Darian. The VFX is what they they need the money for. Editing down the nine hours of footage into a completely <laughs> different movie is <laughs> the problem. Avatar 4 will be coming out in December 2026. And then wow. at that point, hopefully 5 will have been greenlit, and it'll come out in 2028. Okay, let's hopefully. go for 7 so around be... a decade. Or six, yeah, I mean, wow. not five, or so, uh, five, seven, how do you guys, six. How do you guys feel? Five, Let's say there's five. even like one delay. We're talking about Avatar yeah, 5 in 2030. Six. Most of us will be 30. 2020s is the James Cameron will be dead. <laughs> James Cameron's AI will be, be a posthumous movie. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he'll at least have written it, right? Because I think he's written all of them. This one, <laughs> oh my so. god. The ancient oh. texts. <laughs> He's written them, but they have nine hours of footage for number three. How does that work? Well, because yes, they don't have novels. No, they don't have they. He's okay. Hold on. Now nah, there's nine hours of. There is nine hours of footage for number three because it's done. They finished filming. He wants them to do the VFX. He's trying to push to get the VFX done for all nine hours, and then split right. parts of it off into streaming. <laughs> whoever though is what i'm saying it's like, but it's like oh i'm gonna write up i'm making a movie and then they come out with nine hours of footage it's be surprised. like it's, i mean I, I think it is pretty common for there to be really not nine, not, not nine hours That's obviously nine hours, but it's common for there to be more footage than the runtime. yeah time. definitely um, well i, I, I mean, expect I that noticed. but this is like three movies nine you know, they, True. yeah that should be three movies what are i'm wearing blue I don't know. Are they going to have like, the Matrix in 2004 put out three movies? It could potentially also include like what might become the fourth movie. Because yeah, I know exactly. he also say exactly. that like he had he made it in a like they what they filmed so far or like they had a plan where they like if they had to yes. cut it off at three and make they- it a trilogy. So honestly, like yeah, that is true. And also, he's filmed stuff for four because the kids will be aged. You know, aged, they'll grow up. So there's certain flashbacks and scenes that he wants them, you know, still as kids that he's filmed. <laughs> fucking time They're all computer generated. No, but it's, the, it's, see, this is, you know, this is, you know, I got a problem, all right? Because it's not computer generated, all right? It's performance <laughs> captured, all right, buddy? True. Because um, it's not just, it's not just a video game cutscene. It's the actor. That's, that's what's so groundbreaking. Now, okay, I'm, I'm going to let loose a little bit of the sarcasm because this is true. The difference is, it is literally the, what's so groundbreaking about it is that it's actually capturing the performance of the actor versus other CGI shit where it's just painted over entirely. Yeah. It's um, weirdo. You can like, I didn't know that. You can like see Sam Worthington's face on like Jake Sully as an actor. Yeah. <laughs> Never thought I'd, I'd want to see Sam Worthington so up and close, <laughs> but here we are. Um, yeah. But they also had to age down Sigourney Weaver, so they they like performance captured her, but they also aged her down and made her a completely different. Yeah, no, that I'm I'm not gonna. That was a little weird. <laughs> God, I vibe with that. Also, like, yeah, weird. it was cool. No, don't get me wrong, it was cool. It was just a, an unorthodox <laughs> choice. I mean, it worked out, I think. But, um, but yeah, yeah. So, I thought the lighting in uh, Avatar Two: The Way of Water was really, really good. 
Like, um, yes, I just like the sure. realistic, like, maybe, maybe not like the, like, I don't know. However they did it, dude, like the visuals are uh, pretty crazy. I got to say, like it was yeah. realistic as hell. It's, it's just, I mean, you can't deny it, you know, no matter how you feel about the plot and other things is like the, the level of intricate detail that has gone in, and technicalities that have gone into the world building. I think it yeah. really immerses you. You know what I mean? No There's matter how like you feel that, about it. I, yeah. I that like shot in the beginning of Neytiri when it's like, uh, I don't know, she's just like walking through the woods or she's like pregnant, but like, dude, it looked nuts, man. <laughs> that was one of like those really yeah. good shots. Yeah. Um, Especially, yeah, if you, yeah. you have the direct comparison, or at least I specifically saw a direct one with those scenes in the beginning and the end where they're back in the forest mm-hmm. and you can directly compare that to the avatar one shots. And like Darian said, I mean, you can tell how far they've come. I mean, it's yeah. crazy. And avatar one does not look bad by any means either. You know what I mean? No, nah, so, I think it still holds up. Uh, it's better I mean, than like yeah, a lot especially of if you consider that today. Like it came out in 2009, but they started in 2006. Right. So it's not even like, you can, yeah, it's just crazy. Um, didn't, didn't you mention before when we were watching the movie that this was an entirely new brand of CGI that they had to develop specifically for this movie? Well, they're building on the what they had in the first one. I mean, they've completely like overhauled it, obviously, with all the technologies that have come out since. Yeah. Um, Honestly, they even have a, I think he has a patent on, on certain parts of this technology, too. Do you think it but makes, yeah, like, the, what, like, 10, 12-year wait in between movies kind of worth it? Because I almost feel like that I was think it's definitely an upside. idea. In a way. Well, there, like, there were certain things he said that couldn't have been done unless it was yeah. the last few years. It loses a lot of, you know, like what? a lot of its staying power, like, taking so long. But I don't know. I feel like uh, just in, like, the past 10 years, like, it seems like they could tell, like, how, how much better it was these, like, computer cgi and shit was gonna get i don't know i'm not an expert yeah. in cgi by any means but uh no and you can just tell instantly like with that with the shot of the sky people returning that was true when they some, come back and they they burn down i thought that was i thought uh, that was okay so there was some criticism I, online. Uh, uh, <laughs> i was confused <laughs> jefferson navi now <laughs> uh, so there's some criticism online uh, I know Casey who hasn't even seen the movie mentioned it to me people were kind of lambasting it uh, when the Casey sp- who has not seen the movie <laughs> <laughs> my point being Casey saw this online and brought it up to me when I said I saw the movie He's like, isn't there a scene where this, the humans come back to Pandora and the rocket thrusters from their ship are so large they burn down like acres of uh like entire like like a quarter's part of the planet and i was like yeah well apparently so what their point was people online are like wow like real subtle there james cameron okay people humans bad we get it like people were like getting mad at that apparently i thought it was pretty cool <laughs> I, I, I liked i liked it um hey, it, thoughts, was, uh, it, was, oh, it was definitely yeah. evocative like i saw it and i was yeah. like oh no these poor like, people hopefully there's nobody out there Dude, it was undeniably my favorite part of CGI in the movie. 
Yeah, was I think it was. Incredible. It's definitely one of the first things I saw that kind of like started reeling me in to the. To the A criticism story. I heard was that like apparently, um, and it's something I didn't even notice. It might be more like something that you notice uh, in the IMAX 3D like version, but apparently like different scenes like a lot of like the action sequences were shot at like a different frame rate like apparently like a, a much smoother frame rate and like yeah well apparently only certain like, theaters have that too yeah i guess theater. like for some people like it was kind of uh jarring and didn't look good but i didn't right, really because it went in and out i think yeah yeah because it would like randomly I don't think we had it in our like shots so it's kind of like you know i'm pretty sure it was specific theaters and only in imax 3d that had that Okay. So huh. interesting. We, didn't yeah, have I, that. I um, we saw it in Yeah, no, there's not three D. We saw it in standard. Standard. Standard True. definition. Also I throw standard. up when I see three D. I I'm not three D in... That Star Wars movie, I got really sick. <laughs> Star Wars in three D. I actually don't know what the last three D movie I saw. I haven't seen many. I think the first one I saw was Journey to the Center of the Earth with uh, Brendan Fraser. <laughs> what a good movie. I, I was telling this to Darian, I think, the other day, but like I remember being a kid, it was always so hyped to see 3D. Like, I, I'd want, I'd be like, oh my god, please, I really hope we're going to see the 3D version, you know? <laughs> and I remember, I think the last 3D movie I remember enjoying was Avengers Age of Ultron. I remember sitting in the theater. You, you know, enjoyed that movie? Okay. No, at the time... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. So <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I do. For the record, it's one of the worst. Okay, but at the time, I was like just sitting there, and the movie was starting. 3D, you know, big IMAX 3D screen. I got the popcorn. It's opening night. I'm like, this is cinema, <laughs> you know, in my head. <laughs> like, this is it. This is you can't get better than this. And then, you know, I think that was the last time I really enjoyed. It. And then after that, I was like, how did I ever like this? This is terrible. It sucks. Now, some people are saying that the problem with Real D 3D is that most movies aren't shot to be 3D, and they're just converting it to 3D for the for the for the money for you know all that. Whereas with Avatar, James Cameron specifically shot them to be shown in 3D, IMAX 3D. Mm. So that's kind of the flip side argument of it, I guess. I don't know. If that, you guys feel. Knowing that would you just bring a pair of the glasses to the theater? Oh, it's yeah, you're right, it's the exact same. No, but I I definitely would, I would see it in 3D. No, having seen it now, um, and having heard what you said, I would be very excited to see it because there's definitely some scenes where it seems like like you could really make that work with having them pop off the screen. but uh, whenever I went to like yeah. one of those real D three D movies at like AMC, I always found like the yeah. movie to be like extremely blurry with those glasses on. Yes. And like really only things that, that was like, definitely the a foreground thing or like close up shots would kind of come out clearly. Yeah, but, I think that's a product of what you know people are talking about where they're just blasting it in the converter and then pumping it out <laughs> without any you know any kind of cinematic like grading or working like the convert to, to 3d button yeah literally like, like a like, clip converter.com they, they put in yeah, cloud convert 
online Plug video YouTube to 3D. <laughs> YouTube to 3D MP4. You know? um, that'd be a pretty funny converter. <laughs> Just make three versions of YouTube videos. To real D3D. Um, should I start releasing? Should I release this podcast in 3D? Oh, yes. IMAX yes. 3D. That'd be awesome. 4K. <laughs> 60 frames per second um, as well during the action scenes of the podcast. <laughs> Which there will be plenty. During the Evan during the Evan reviews section True, of the podcast, I'll I'll are, are we still doing? Um, if I do it, I will <laughs> record it 60 frames per second on my iPhone. Okay, so I think this is a good point. Wait, wait a second. Oh my god. Holy shit. <laughs> it's the Evan... It's the Evan Reviews 3D IMAX section of the podcast. Wait, let's flip, let's flip it over it. to Evan. Evan. Shit. There's a little transition there. Okay, I was talking during that. Um... Oh, wait, it's, I didn't, it doesn't, I, it's funny. I didn't see it. I'm there. like, here's the Evan portion. You're like, wait, what's going? On? <laughs> wait, what the? I think that makes it even funnier. I think so. Wait, it's gonna be. And good. we're back. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's great because Evan is already reviewing the movie. Don't you get it? It's, it's hilarious. <laughs> I am trapped in Bushnell, Florida. Help me, save me. <laughs> I have no car. It is broken down. <laughs> Perhaps totaled. <laughs> I'm in the middle Perhaps. of Central Florida. That is all. Okay, so now... <laughs> back to I guess Avatar. we can... Uh, yeah, get back on Avatar. Let's talk about the specific plot. All right. Um, so I guess they we can go through with the general play by play. Yeah. What the, that that <laughs> was my plot. That was my, you know, first act synopsis. <laughs> they were fucking. They were fucking. It's true. They were fucking. We discover, um, that Jake and Nia Tree have many kids now. There's an older brother. There's a middle brother. There's a little girl. There's the Sigourney Weaver uh, daughter, K- Kiri. Kiri. Kiri, but it sounded Kiri. like Kitty. It sounds like Kitty because they have an accent. Kitty. And by making fun of that, you're actually, you know. Uh, you're just being <laughs> they like, adopted sensitive. her in, right? Yes, yeah. they adopted her in. Um, Wasn't one like that, in yeah, Immaculate yeah. Conception or something? Yeah, dude. That was That's what we're talking about. Yeah, That's Sigourney Kitty. Weaver. Okay. That's Kitty. Yeah. They're like, we don't know how she was born. Uh, no, wait, is that the smallest like, one? No, oh. Duke is nothing. She's just uh, a normal kid, yeah. She's just a kid. <laughs> <laughs> this is literally like a video game. Like, I failed the mission, like, cutscene yeah. before you have to She has been captured yeah, once again. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, Jake Sully has a bunch of kids now. And, uh, you know, we last left off as he was the appointed leader of the tribe. But guess what? Things aren't so happy anymore. Because after after he has a bunch of kids, humans are back. Yeah, 15 years, humans are back. And that's what we talked about before. 
ship coming back down, burning everything. Then we transition, have another transition one year later. So the humans have been back for one year. Yeah. And uh, we also are discovering that Commander Quartridge from the first, the antagonist from the first movie, right before he went into the final battle of the first movie, uh, they took his DNA and cloned him. Sorry, not, I guess, yeah, cloned him into an Avatar body. Um, so now there's a permanent Avatar. They took his DNA? I thought they just, like, r- recorded his memories and his consciousness separately to, like... Yeah, I guess that to be more specific. Yes, so this is an Avatar sorry. body. No, no, you're right. It's an Avatar body with the memory, memories and consciousness of the general right before he died in that final battle um given only the directive that if i'm dead in a you know he sees a recording of himself from that time where he's like if i'm dead it's jake sully so he's out for revenge what were you gonna say evan i was just gonna say they made it like they made it sound so complicated that the scene actually like confused me when they were explaining what happened when in reality it was literally just like it's the same character. He's just now an avatar. Like that's all it is. Yeah, I think I think that stems. Uh, I could be wrong. Is my view. I think that stems from them explicitly trying to notate that he has the memories of everything right before he died. So he doesn't know how he died, and he doesn't know how that fight went down. Which I think was. In, I think that's a pretty cool, interesting concept. You know, it leads to a later scene where he discovers his own dead body, has a little Hamlet moment with his skull, and crushes his own skull. That was kind of cool. And not even his own skull, obviously, because remember, I mean, he says it throughout the movie to Spider, I think, where he's like, I'm not that guy. I just have the thoughts of that guy. So You're not that guy, pal. It's an interesting concept. Yeah, literally. You're not that guy. And I think pal. it is also just, in general, an interesting concept, because having... I mean, I knew this going in, but especially having rewatched the first one now, you know, someone who hates this species so much is now trapped as one of them to get revenge. But he's he's one of them. I don't know. I think it's an interesting concept to put him in the body um, permanently. But uh, but yeah, so a little plot based question. I don't yes. know if this might have been explained. Um, he is just like an army guy and he was originally sent there with like take over the planet kind of mission now he's coming back for his own revenge case and there's no like okay so no to be clear um in the first movie he was sent as a colonel to help uh fight the natives if they put up a fight when they were the humans were trying to mine unobtainium a mineral called unobtainium which is one little one little rock is worth like 20 million dollars and there's obviously mountains of it in pandora yeah um so that's why he was there in the first movie to because they were originally in the first movie they were trying to make a deal with the natives you know like hey just like let us in we won't have to kill you he obviously really wanted to kill them in the end has a huge battle where he kills a bunch of them and dies um by the hands of uh and in this movie he is being sent for his military skills to work for the humans um, because now the humans have are trying to turn are trying to migrate to Pandora 
because Earth is dying. Oh, that's right. Okay, right. So Earth is that. dying, and they want to inhabit Pandora. So their new mission is to clear out Pandora and make room for humans. At the simultaneously, he has his own directive given by him to get revenge on Jake Sully. <laughs> well, also it works. From his dead it, it also works in the sense that in order to take out the the right. uh, yeah. Nateri people, because they were so well organized, specifically because of Jake Sully, true, uh, that taking him out would have huge ramifications and you know effectively stop the uh, the people from the actually Navi. being the yeah. Navi. Yeah, I thought right. like Prevent the, raising- I thought the like government or military like the, whatever like humans were coming because like. Didn't they want him dead? Because, like, they referred to him as, like, an insurrectionist, right? And, like, there was that, like, you know, Carmela right. Sopranos, hey. the, like, general lady. Wasn't she, like, kind of giving him the orders to do it? Yeah. Yeah, no, you raise a good point. I think she, the point was that he, as the leader of the Navi, had to be exterminated. Because they show a little, I think a montage where he's, like, taking out shipments. And, you know, there, there's drones flying everywhere. And he keeps taking them down. Obviously, we see him in a big set piece afterwards where his son disobeys orders and almost fucking dies um, as they're taking down. Foreshadowing. Another, yes, taking down another uh, human shipment. My point being, you're right. It's it's two birds, one stone because he's also the fucking leader of the tree people. So, so they yeah. kind of like also established like this like Mordor-esque you know like human settlement that they're building like with all these like uh construction sites and like they're like building like a bunch of machines and stuff which like kind of bothered me that it like nothing ever really like i don't know came about that in this one but i also see like i feel like in the longs like in the long run it might be interesting to see like this you know, human like the human forces getting stronger throughout like the series. I don't know. Yeah, kind of reminded me of like Lord of the Rings, where like in like the second movie you see like you know little like brief things that like don't really come into play until like the next movie. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting yeah. to see. Like, I agree. Yeah, it's it, definitely twofold because some people are like, "Well, it didn't amount to anything," and they just well, mention yeah. it one off that humans are coming but i agree i think it's good yeah there were like a lot of things that i felt like in a way were just leading up to the third movie like a lot of like subplots that started in this movie that never like finished like there was the you know spider and uh general guagua or whatever his name is uh they kind of like you know form a relationship but like nothing comes about it and then natiri's like she doesn't like spider because like he's like you know a feral like human navi basically but like she's kind of yeah. she don't like she doesn't like uh, like he's like he's pretending to be one of them so to speak <laughs> yes um i do think that'll be an interesting dynamic in the future movies obviously i wish you know they could have explored it more this one but yeah um so yeah, I guess moving forward with the plot, Quartridge uh, tries to capture Sully's kids, 
<laughs> for um, the first luckily, time. They, for the first time, he tries. Of many. Uh, He's kind of successful. Yeah. Well, he only gets spider. Oh, right. So he's not successful. <laughs> I mean, he's, uh, yeah, I guess a little bit. Um, and then once he has spider, he hooks, he, he hooks him up to that awesome machine with the spinning green lights. Darren, you want to talk about that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the machines. I thought the visual was funny editing, dude. It felt like psychotic. Also, I like that. the cut. There's like a really funny cut where it's just a different scene. It's and they just cut bro. straight to his face with the green lights screaming. Yeah, just a close-up of him, like, in, like, agonizing, like, shock. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, Like, hilarious, like, flashing light just spinning around his face. (laughs) It was, And then, of course, (laughs) just to be clear, like, the the machine, if you think of anything, they can see what you're thinking. (laughs) The guy's got insane mental fortitude. He didn't think of anything once. They're just like, hey, where where's everybody? Where where are they? Which forest? Is it is it this forest? Is it that forest? And he just like his mind is blank. I don't know how he did that shit. But <laughs> kudos to him. He was I like, guess. I don't know. And he was bleeding out of his nose. Yeah, and then uh Quartridge is like, I'll do this the old fashioned way. Gets him in a room. Sucks his cut. Which was a sign of um, no, he doesn't do that. Which is a sign of, <laughs> I'm your father, and I know it. True. Well, he's not really the father. He's not that guy. He's just, <laughs> just an avatar. You're not that guy. He probably oh, remembers at least creating the kid, you know? True, he must. Um, why didn't we see that scene? Uh, <laughs> anyway, he convinces Spider into being his fucking tour guide in Pandora and his translator just to cut speed things up a little bit. Um, meanwhile, after this encounter with Quartridge, Jake Sully decides it's not safe for his family to be in the forest anymore. So he hands off the title of, of King and uh, <laughs> goes, flies over to the water people. Uh, but what he really does is he tells his family it's for the better of the tribe. It'll protect the tribe as if so he's like he's like spider's gonna rat us out and tell the humans we're here and then he's like wife for the safety of our tribe and our people we have to leave and leave them naked and afraid however, to be attacked by the humans. Not saying he could have known this, but Cordridge didn't kill anybody trying to get to Jake Sully. He only tortured. Okay. Thank God. <laughs> well, like also, just, wasn't there yeah. the whole thing about them not being able to get up there? Like, not realistically. True. Right, because um, they had the mountains or whatever, like, scrambled their radars or whatever, right? So it's like they couldn't... <laughs> Are we thinking of the same thing? My yeah, yeah, so they, the same thing? they called it, like, restricted, you know, the restricted airspace, where, like, they're hostile. Yeah, the Hallelujah Mountains. I remember. That's what they're called. The Hallelujah Mountains. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Just the floating God. mountains. Yes. And um, so Jake Sully flies to the water people. He's like, please, please, can we go to Chick-fil-A? <laughs> please. <can we?" laughs> it's like the one movie where, like, a travel montage would be kind of cool there. You know, seeing them, like, go. Yeah. And they show a little bit. Yeah. They, it they, should they, have been they should have shown more. Yeah, should have shown more. 
Um, but then again, they had to cut down like 17 hours of the movie. Yes, okay, so let's, let's talk about that. There's another running joke we have so where it's like, is there it a plot? Like it must have been there cut was from so the much more. But I think, surface. yes, jokes aside, I think that for 60 to 70 percent of us saying that, it probably is true. It probably was mm-hmm. a, if the second movie had a nine-hour runtime, who's to say this couldn't also have had a nine-hour runtime? You know what I mean? Or even. Just more, definitely more than what we got. Um, I mean, yeah, it's clear that like if you write a nine-hour movie once, you probably read it twice. Like, I feel like there, there, there probably has been a lot more story written that will, that will not be like, you know, shown on the, you know, in the movies just because of like those constraints. Like they kind of have to like, yeah, I don't know, tighten it down as well. It's also like. And it's still like over three. Yeah, hours. because it's a business thing, right? Because the longer the runtime, the less show times they can have of it, which is less money. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. True. You have to cut it down as much as possible. So. Yeah. So really, um, like a lot of scenes, like. Not like I wouldn't say like any particular scenes felt like super rushed or anything. I think it took its time on like what it wanted to. But there were like definitely a lot of like you know, shots that, like, just kind of cut off, like, quick, you know, kind of move on, get to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. But, yeah, it, yeah, it did feel like there was a lot, like, a lot of, like, extra scenes that, like, could have been there that probably were, or, like, things that were missing. Yeah. I felt like a lot of scenes you could tell when you were watching, it's like, this is here for me to admire the CGI. Yeah, Which is fine, because I was admiring it. Yeah. I was immersed. I was like, this is cool looking. <laughs> and that was definitely the case as soon as they had left from uh, the Hallelujah Mountains to move over to become one with the Water Tribe. Yes, yeah, so true. And I think my favorite part is when there's like actual like important expositional dialogue going on between the whale the tokum and um <laughs> and sons and then in the middle of the conversation they just stop for this like wide shot of the whale and then they just start doing like fucking tricks like it's sea world <laughs> but it looks cool but it's almost it's well, just like, it's, uh, like nonsensical know. in a way like it's fine i don't think they needed to like have an extended dialogue but, don't you think that they're like, doing tricks Established later on the bond that they have. It did. That's true. Definitely I just, did. I just thought they, it was funny. They hadn't done tricks, and it's like, what the fuck does this kid care for? Well, it's just funny because the kid asks them a direct question. They do a bunch of tricks, and then like a day later, we cut back to him answering the question. <laughs> well, isn't that to show? Okay, I'm gonna play. I want to play Cameron's advocate here. Isn't that to show? Cameron's <laughs> advocate. <laughs> isn't. Isn't that to show that the whale doesn't want to talk about the atrocity that he committed that's teased throughout this whole middle section of the movie, where it's like he's an outcast? Yeah, that was such a Possibly weird... Like, again, I'm just playing Cameron's advocate. I'm just playing Cameron's advocate. Uh, I, I, that I was know, like one of idea. the things in the plot that I just didn't really understand. Like, the whole, like, you know, this is like an outcast whale. Because there's like a bunch of whales that used to live with the... What were the water people called? Do they have a name? Or, like, their tribe is, like, a name? Sinavi? Nah, I don't think that's it, dude. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, the sea people. Yeah, they used to be, like, um, the whales. 
then Mitch like Kaina. Mitch Kaina. Mitch Kaina. Mitch Kaina. So the forest, in the movie. The forest people are called Omatikaya, which I oh, actually obviously. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that now. The second movie is the second uh, tribe is Metkaina. Those both sounds like first drafts of what uh, Die Hard, what <laughs> Bruce Willis is supposed to say when he says yippee kaye. It both sounds like. Metkaina. Everyone knows when Bruce Willis said Metkaina. Metkaina, motherfucker. They should write that line in for the next movie for. He is a C people now. <laughs> so talking about the whales um, I guess the point of the whale being an outcast is that the whales abide by a very strict code of peace and he violated that code of peace which is why he was an outcast um, but later on it's the breaking of that oath that saves the Metkaina people so you know I guess that's to show the, the flip sides of that yeah um, I did like the whales. Though, also, too. the whales. And he was he was only fighting... He only broke the code of peace because there were fucking poachers. Poaching the... Human poachers poaching the whales, right? And why are they poaching the whales? Because the whales have a liquid in their fucking gums that... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but... I thought it was me, brains. Yeah, you're right. Brains that... I thought gums because they went inside the mouth for some, Anyway, um... Makes humans live forever, <laughs> uh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> which I'm sure will be explained in another movie. <laughs> yeah, focused on for half a second. It's worth like each bottle is worth like four hundred million dollars or something. Well, it was focused on much more in the extended cut, but they had to, you know, obviously they cut it from the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really. dude. If there's if there's if you have any problems with this movie. It's just because it, it it's just because it was cut from the movie. You can't blame it. <laughs> it's not the movie's fault. I think we're skipping over the part. It was cut. Yeah, please feel no. free to jump around because there's there's so much to talk about. <laughs> I th- I I just when they came to the water people, uh, the crew, the gang, they're like Sully. we're here. Sully, Sully yeah, family. The Sully family. Sully um, and people are like. One, they're a lighter blue. Two, they look way cooler. Three, they're obviously way stronger. Four, they've got big ass tails. Five, there's a little girl that comes up out of the water, and you can tell that she's gonna be a love interest. Um, yeah, true. That's just a separate thought. Uh, six, their hair is presented differently, which I found very interesting to watch. I think another reason they had to wait so long on this movie was hair animation. I don't know. I'm just guessing. The hair is really hair good, bro. Sam Worthington's dreadlocks. That shit, you could see every fucking, every little piece. True, true, true. Um, yeah, I, I thought the meeting was good because it was really tense because they had to be like, let us stay. And the water people were like, did you know the, you can't bring your problems here. True. I will talk, I just want to mention, sorry, random thought. Did you know that the chief's wife is played by Kate Winslet? Oh, really? Yes. Hmm. Fun fact. Fun facts. New fun facts. Filmatic podcast. Um, anyway. Yes. She does not look like her at all. Yeah, it's weird. She's like the one av- avatar that doesn't look like... Well, no, I guess... Neatri doesn't really look a lot like Zoe Saldana. I think the only... 
avatars that look like humans are the ones that were humans. Is it Nia Tree or Nate? Uh, that's so fair. I'm confused now. Uh, Zoe Saldana, I can definitely uh, see it. Yeah, I think it's Nia. What do you said? To an extent, for sure. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah, I, I honestly kind of like the look of the uh, the darker blue avatars more. I agree. Do you, do you think the fire people will be red? I think they're gonna be black. I think they're gonna look like. The I charred. think they're gonna be like lighter, like kind of like. They're ash people. Yeah, like gray. I'm not to be shades of blue, they're, right? They're just I'm gonna probably... be blue, and they're gonna like put ash on themselves instead of paint. Honestly, uh, that's what I'm That's thinking. pretty good. Okay, I see. I can see that. Idea. Um, or maybe they're like a pale gray, and they do that. Ideally, they would live in a volcano. That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be lit. The like a big volcano lava. with, but instead of lava, it has purple butterflies. The legacy of lava. <laughs> and you can plug your hair into the, the sockets in the wall. Get all, get all, get all. <laughs> yeah, I want some electricity. Yes, what, if they, so what if they make a Dude, electricity like, avatar? Humans were right. Jake Sully regrets everything. Like leaves his family to go back into his crippled. <laughs> That's Avatar Six. I was forgetting Avatar Six as a human. Okay, yeah. So that's another yeah. element of the first movie. I just wanted to mention, having rewatched it, we talked about Darian. He didn't just stay as an avatar for the legs. He was the the general. <laughs> The Could general... you imagine if that was... No, I, I just want to be clear. Guys, I did it for the fucking legs. Like, I'm just saying, you, you can't even make that outlandish with the legs. The general offers him his legs back if he spies on the Navi, which he does. And there's a scene Is where he's the like, legs like surgery to get his legs. <laughs> They're like, dude, we could have just given you legs the entire it's time. twenty. It's like 2150, come on. Yeah, so, yeah. that's um, fair. He's like, there's a scene where he's like sitting alone in the military base as a human because you know back then he had to go in and out of the body and the general's like oh you did your job we're gonna go kill all those navi now hey i got a flight for you You can go get your legs now and sam relington's like no thanks and then does what he does my point being it wasn't just for the legs <laughs> it, was for love. Right. it was for love and yeah it was for love so yeah anyway what am I? Some kind of avatar? <laughs> and then he like gets out of the wheelchair and fights. Um, <laughs> so, uh, what do you guys think about the shifting of the focus from the parents to the kids in this movie? You know, the kids are clearly being set up to be major players in this avatar universe in the future movies. You know, it's uh, always about the next generation. How do you guys feel about that? I just well, feel like they should have given him more time. I don't know. It wasn't bad, though. Well, that was a large focus of the whole film. If anything, I feel like yeah. Sam Worthington's character and Natiri take a huge step back. Yeah. It's all mostly about the middle son and then Sigourney Weaver's character, Kiri. <laughs> right. Um, since we just you you know said Sigourney Weaver reminded me of something I was gonna say earlier as well. In the first movie, Sigourney Weaver 
Okay, God. So they're trying to escape the the original military base because the, com- the commander Cortez is like, "No more avatars. We're we're taking out all your machines. You can't do this shit anymore, Morty. We gotta we gotta kill all the avatars." <laughs> so, <laughs> so their plan is to fly to to steal a helicopter and fly away to the top of the Hallelujah Mountains to a remote mobile base, which is the base that you see at the beginning of this movie with the dead body when they're going to fly there the general finds out they're leaving it's actually a pretty cool scene i did not remember this by the way because what happens is humans can't breathe outside right so they put on the masks and they run outside they try to get in the helicopter and take off someone's like general we got an we got an unregistered helicopter taken off he goes outside without a mask and just holds his breath with a fucking rpg and starts shooting at the helicopter. It's, it's a crazy scene. Wow. And um, my point being, it was, sorry, it wasn't an RPG, it was a machine gun. Because he shoots Sigourney Weaver. Fatal wound. She's dying. What? Yes, this is how she dies in the first movie. So then Jake Sully takes Sigourney Weaver, Sigourney Weaver's dying bo- human body, along with her avatar body. And they try to perform an ancient ritual. To permanently merge to, to to transfer her human to Avatar, which we is know, that later. confirmed? Like it's not like something they don't normally do. It's like they don't yeah. think it's gonna work when they do it. It's like a, it's, it's like it's a gamble. Yeah. Okay. It's a fucking ancient magic ritual. So they put her on the they, they connect her to the fucking home tree. It's all wrapped around her, and it's wrapped around her Avatar. And they do a big ritual. It doesn't work, and she dies. However, when she dies. She is literally enveloped by the by the home tree into the ground, and as she's dying, you see from her perspective, she's she, her her final words are, "Jake, I, I see it." And he's like, "What are you, what are you talking about?" I see. <laughs> literally, she says, "I see Awa," and then you see a spiral like CGI little blinding white thing. I can't describe it, dude. I don't remember this. That's at what all. I'm saying. I don't remember it either. But <laughs> Who's I think it's Awa? It's it's like their their deity that connects everything and all of them. It's basically like their okay. god. Okay. The whole um, planet's like sentient, right? Yes. Like, it's okay. So that's so are we it's, thinking it's that like Awa is responsible for this immaculate conception? I think she is Awa at this point. Well, I'm wondering. Okay, now that gives me a new idea. I was thinking like, <laughs> so I was thinking maybe you know before she died. She was pregnant, and it was not revealed. Like, oh, someone yeah. there. Maybe this. Maybe her. the bad guy, you know, had sex with her, like raped her or something, and then her body was so. like reborn with the avatar tree. So, like, she was still pregnant. I think this is a Jesus now metaphor. It seems like, yeah. Now it seems like, or maybe she was like, oh, we couldn't transfer her to the body, but like we transferred her a planet. To be like, no, I was saying, like, what if they transferred her to, like, be reborn? And it is just so much like Sigourney Weaver. And it sounds like her. Maybe it's just like, it's her, but she doesn't have, like, the memories. But that she also, my point is, this also explains her magic AWA powers that she uses throughout the movie. Yeah, yeah. My point being, this was set up more in the original than I think anyone remembers who hasn't seen it. I, I do though. I, I I don't know if it was just a passing joke slash illusion to like how did it happen, but I did feel like they were like hinting at like who's 
who's the father when they were like, they oh, were. it was probably that guy in the lab. I feel like that made me think. No, actually, like, it can't be the guy in the lab because there's a deleted scene in Avatar 1 of the guy in the lab fucking the um, military lady from the first one. I don't know if you remember. Played by Michelle Rodriguez. Oh, yeah. He couldn't have had sex with multiple people. What? No, Wait, no, what? I'm just, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say, Jeff, is they had a romance. I don't think he would have. I don't think that would make sense. With but someone story. else might have. Well, also remember or when she's, she's having imagine. the vision, and, and she's talking to Sigourney Weaver. You know, she's yes. about to find out what happened. Like, doesn't she ask like who, who her father, father is? is? Yeah, and then she's the like dramatically like, "Oh fuck!" and get out of here. And then like, but that's why mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. I they definitely set it up that way. I think the big reveal is supposed to be there is no father in that. I think that's, I, I'd say it's definitely the most likely. I do want to, I want to just put it out there. All right. In case it happens. I think there's a small chance that like something fucked up happened leading to this like creation. But like the, I forget the name already. The like spirit of the planet was like, this was really fucked up. But now you are like endowed with like special power to like, you know, prevent. I, I have no idea what my theory really is. Like well, we also know. Thing. Like when, you know, yeah. Well, <laughs> separately, also, I don't. I don't want to derail this. I just want to go back no, to fine. something you said at the start of this tangent about like the kids taking the focus yes, in general. Is like. Um, Outside of her character, I think they give that enough time, and there's like obviously something there that they're gonna get to, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like the other characters, though, the other kids, not the other characters, not all of them. It feels kind of just like I, I wouldn't say like half baked. I wouldn't say like I, it's not like they didn't have an idea. It just felt okay. For example, like Spider, if we're considering him one of the kids, which I think he is, right? Mm-hmm. It's like they give him a focus in the movie, but like most of the time, it's just like cut to him doing something that progresses the plot with his dad. Cut back. Like, I also the son who dies, it's kind of the same thing. He is just there as like a foil to his other brother. And then that brother is kind of like also not super like developed as a character. Like, they. They touch on him, you know, trying to live up to the expectations, and he has this bond. I just feel like it wasn't, none of it was bad, but I feel like they should have given it almost more time because there's definitely like interesting dynamics. You know, like his brother is like taking the blame for him, trying to cover him. He feels like a disappointment. Spider is like kind of one of them, but not. But then somewhere in the plot, not that the plot is bad, it just kind of gets mixed up and it feels like they don't spend enough time on it, you know? Yeah. On some of it, really, I, like fully getting I invested. I still care about the characters. When it t- comes time to like kill the humans and save the kids, it's like, okay, this is hype. I'm here for it. But I'm also like, you know, the place where Spider ends with his dad or whatever. It's kind of like I, I didn't see enough between him and his dad besides yeah. plot progression to really sell me that he's torn here. Like, it makes yeah. sense. I can assume, obviously, you know, but yeah. I wish there was just more screen time of that. You know what I mean? I think it's a valid criticism. I think that I, while I liked 
a lot of what you just mentioned from a writing perspective. I definitely think there could have been more of it to solidify it. Well, at the same time, again, like you said, I got enough of everything where I felt something at the end when everything was at, you know, the stakes were high. Um, you know, I, I really, I liked at the end when Jake Sully's like, finally to his son, he's like, I see you, which is obviously their catchphrase, but he's also you. saying that I see you, you know, I, I, I like that. You. It worked for me. Very emotional. I liked it. And of course, I told you when we walked out of the theater, I kind of liked the, um, you know, people were saying, why did Spider save Cortridge? I liked the parallels of uh, Spider and Jake Sully's son saving their fathers, you know? And I like how that just on a basic writing level works. And I, I think it'll make for an interesting, you know, setup for the next movie too. Um, that said, we need to cut really quick so Evan can go to bed. Evan's going to hop off. Yeah, true. And yes. So I'm going to hit stop. Go, and we're back. Evan's gone, we're back. So, Jeff, you mentioned uh, you mentioned something we should talk about, which I think was that, how did the general find Jake Sully? Am I correct? You wanted to touch on this? Yes. It's actually something that I was more curious about. Uh, I forget exactly what were the circumstances that led up to that, because... I know it was something regarding the... Was it the actual exodus of them? Okay, or? so I'll tell you what it was. We're going to start with, first of all, leading up to this, I want to I wanted to talk about... I thought it was a cool little parallel how the general had to train his own Ekron, you know, the flying things, the way that Jake Sully did. Like, first he was just going to fucking, like, subdue them with force, slash shoot them, possibly. Yeah. And then Spider's like... <laughs> Wow. Wow. Big pussy. Three-year-olds can do this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, big, yeah. It, um, and he's like, Jake Sully did it the hard way? He's like, yep. He's like, all right, I'll do it. And then he does it. Uh, I, I like that kind of parallel. But anyway, right after that, Sigourney Weaver has a seizure. Remember that? She plugs, in, she plugs into the world tree. and Which is now uh, like an, an, an enemy? And I'm in a, oh oh and yeah, yeah. So for the water and, people, an for the water people, it's kind of like a, I guess an enemy. It's so underwater. She's underwater. holding her breath and she's having a seizure. Yes, <laughs> not, not a good combo. <laughs> so you know they're trying to heal her. Nothing's working. So Jake calls the humans, Norm, the good humans, Norm, and the other scientist, and they come do some scans on her. They're like, yeah, she's having a pre, pre whatever. There's some very technical term. Um, they're like, don't let her plug into the world tree again, okay? Luckily, she never does for the movie. I'm sure it'll come up later in, in the movies, but not in this movie. Um, anyway, when Norm and the guy flew out there, that pinged on the radar of the general. And they're like, general, there, there's there's a RCA craft that was flying over this region of the ocean. And he's able to use that to determine a general 
very general area of where Jake Sully is. That's when he goes, starts to interrogate different water tribes as to where Jake Sully is. It was like Truman's march to the sea, almost. Just absolutely causing devastation. Yeah. Well, he was going to kill a lot of them, then Spider's like, I think in one of the few moments, you know, Darian said, I think rightly said that there should have been more of it to show the father-son thing. But in one of the few moments, you know, Spider pleading for Cortridge to be more humane um, and to not, you know, torture and kill people uh, trying to get this information. Um, anyway, to answer your question, that's how he knows. So, so, so now yeah. we got Cortridge on the path. And meanwhile, we're just dealing with seeing how these, you know, tree knobby work with the sea knobby. And it's very interesting because right. they focus in specifically on the, ch- on the two children of Kiri, who mm-hmm. we've already discussed a bit, as well as the middle son, which I don't quite remember <laughs> what his name is. Lowak. Lowak. Yes. No way. What's the oldest son's name? Um, let me tell you. I just feel like their names aren't Natam. never said. Tam. Oh. That one actually was that. said quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Tam. You're the older yeah. brother. Yeah. yeah. Um, Which, Lawak is a character that I think has the biggest impact on the overall story. Yeah. Because ever since the beginning, first we start off with the scenes where the Navi are fighting back once the Sky people have come back. And, you know, Lawak has no interest in following his father's orders at, at, at all. Right. Nearly He's gets... like a mini Jake Sully, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, Jake Sully also doesn't follow orders, infamously, in the first movie. Mm-hmm. My point is, Lawak is a clear... It's, it's a, I think, I don't want to say stereotypical, but it's like a common trope. <laughs> With father-son relationships, I think in, in media where it's like the father, before their father acts a certain way, then they have a son who acts the same way. And it's like, why are you doing that? I'm the father. You got to listen to me. It's like, he's just being you, you know? There you go. Circle. Cycle. Circle. Mm-hmm. Of, yeah. Cycles. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. So Skyla was wondering... Not wondering, sorry. You were talking about the finger scene, right? Oh my god. Well, we're talking sorry, about the, yeah. <laughs> while, we're talk, while we're talking about Lawak, you know, I just wanted to touch on that. So you, the scene in question is when some of the water, the other water kids, are bullying Lawak for having a thin tail and looking There's different. There's two scenes in which this is brought up in a funny way. That's True. the second one. Remember the yes. first one when they're first being yes. abducted? When they first, they're like, oh, you call that a tail? And they're like hitting his tail. <laughs> no, I the first that. scene when the kids are like taken by the army and they're like, show oh. me your hands. And he flips off the, oh, the guy. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. Right, so he flips him off then. And then in this Anyways. scene, <laughs> in this scene, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm a freak. Look at all my, look at my fingers. <laughs> look at this. And, and oh, look, look, something weird happens when I, when I do this. And then he, and then punches him in the face. Yeah, it's pretty epic. Uh, yes. No, but Lawak is definitely Jake Sully Jr. One hundred percent. I think Natam is Nateri Jr. You know, 
which I think is the correct mm. way to say it now that I'm yeah, remembering. Because he's um, mature and knows what he's, he's doing. He's mature. He's in tune with the traditions of the people. People meaning the Navi, not the humans. Um, but yeah. Okay, so um, unless you guys have any other things to say, I guess I'll just skip towards the end of the movie. Well, it's very important to like bring in how the whales fit in with Lawak specifically. Because Lawak is there and the whole scene with the five fingers, he's supposed to be, you know, the orders from Sully, Captain Sully, uh, Father Sully. Yes. We got to fit in with these people since they're so graciously accepting us. We are water people now. Yes. Um, and Lawak refuses to do so. And this results in so many different outcomes. Him fighting the chief's son. Him getting the chief's son getting back at him by taking them out and how he originally meets the whale with uh, right. them leading him out for the hunting venture and trying to abandon him there. Yeah, to be and killed. To be killed, yes. It was fucked up. Very. But and eventually, then, like that's yeah. all massive foreshadowing to take into account for the huge yeah. fight scene. And on, on a thematic level, I kind of like that, where it's like his mistakes start very trivial, but his constant um, mistakes and flaws in his character and motivations lead to his brother's death. You know what I mean? Um, and that's something that I feel like by the end of the movie, he's learned from. And what will, you know, very, maybe on a ba- sort of on a basic level, but in the next movie, his character will have grown and learned from those experiences, you know? It's very basic, but I like that we got to see the full arc of that, you know? I think it was done pretty well. Um, yeah. And in the next movie, they have to remain being sea people so we can further that love interest with the, the daughter of the tribe leaders. Yes. Um, there's, there's a romance between them. And between Spider and Sigourney Weaver, which is like a little weird... Yeah, because Spider's like 10, and also I just dislike the way that he's a, like a child, just bare-assed throughout the whole movie. <laughs> I thought it was a little upsetting. <laughs> um, I definitely think in one of the future movies, Avatar will be... Spider will be... <laughs> Spider will be getting an Avatar, oh, I think. I think he's hopefully gonna... in the next one. Especially if, especially if he's going to be bare-assed. Well, let's think, I mean, if he's like max 12 in this movie, and they're going to be, yeah, he's probably going to be, what, like 18 or so? I don't know how much time they're going to skip, but he will be a young adult in the next movie. So, yeah, probably will be the next movie, actually. Um, what did you guys think of the scene where, in the end, the, you know, okay, so the whales... I guess we should mention, targeted by poachers. The one whale fought back, so he became an outcast. When he did fight back, though, he lost one of his fins. But in the end of the movie, when he comes in and saves the Sullies in a very, you know, a very tense moment, he also gets revenge on the poacher by ripping off one of his arms. I didn't even make that parallel. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's just classic. It's good old eye for an eye. Um, pretty raw scene too. I liked it. Um, but yeah, any other thoughts? Feel free to jump in. 
Oh yeah, and that whole scene is set up originally because of how the commander is coming over to try to find Sully, and mm-hmm. now uh, there the commander's taken over the poacher ship in order to do this, and so as yes. a result, they're just starting to take out the whales. And True. Just then, to lure them out. So then Sully implores the chief that they need to warn the whales, get them to get out of there. And so then the walk goes on to go find this whale that he's befriended. And that sets up this whole scene because the poachers find him. And they have right, to call they find back. all the kids. Yep. The kids call back and then that's what brings out uh yeah, all all of the Navi to meet with all of the poachers and all of those sky people that are there to fight them slash the sky people avatar that are there yeah. to fight them. And I think this whole act, last act of the movie, for me personally, I really enjoyed it because because of the, the very long runtime and all the time that we spent with the kids, you know, it made the stakes feel real. I really. Actually, I didn't think I would, but I cared about the family. You know, going in, I did not think I'd give a shit. You know, and I <laughs> cared about the family. I cared about what was going to happen to them. And I ended up really loving the um, re- antagonist relationship between Courtridge uh, and Jake Sully. It was very, yeah. very tense, very uh, high octane final fight. I, I liked, I just really like it. And um, I mean, it's stupid, obviously, like. Sorry, maybe it sounds stupid. Um, and we were talking about it's like, oh, the general's back. Oh, he's still alive at the end of this one. I kind of like this, like, not a very good comparison, but Batman Joker sort of thing, where it's like they're just constantly going to be fighting each other on this planet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I just I kind of like that aspect of it. Courtridge uh, is a really awesome, awesome uh, character. It definitely has that the Joker the last laugh sense that you just feel like right before the end. We're always going to be fighting. Um, yeah. But I like well, he tells him too. He's like because mm-hmm. originally they weren't going to have that knife fight when the whole ship is sinking and turns upside down. Titanic moment. James Cameron, anybody? Uh, yeah, true. Uh, but um, he tells him he's like because they're just going to escape. Everyone's accounted for. It. And they're escape right about to their Jake Slow's about to leave and he's like, Oh, you're just gonna leave me here, Jake? You know, I'll never stop. I'll never stop hunting your family. I'll just keep coming back again and again. I mean literally it's Joker tier. Um and then Jake's like obviously that anger is Jake and they fight. My point being, he literally said that. So I think that is definitely the case. But if Cortress is is uh the Joker, who is his Harley Quinn? Shigoni Weaver. Holy shit. You think Kiri's going to defect? No, I think (laughs) the connection between Kiri and Spider is because the Colonel and Sigourney Weaver, whatever her character's name is. Wouldn't they make that incest? I'm not saying their connection is romantic, but they have a connection. In the yeah, first movie, they like, don't In the first movie, things. it's like Luke. It's I don't like want them Luke. to get together yeah. because you know what? He's a human and she's an avatar, and it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> also, Darian, the Luke and Leia thing was unintentional. It's because George Lucas didn't know the story. 
He didn't know what it was going to be. James Cameron Dude. didn't know either. But also, just I think James Cameron knew more than knows more than George Lucas. I think Peter. <laughs> anyway, we'll get. Sorry, go ahead. Jeff. But does the general know that Kiri is Sigourney Weaver's child? No. He can't. Unless it was There's cut no from way. the movie. Okay. Um, <laughs> he can't because he died before she ever had yeah. the child. True. His last memory of Sigourney Weaver is her dying. Yeah. True. So, I don't think also another thing. thing. I don't think anybody knows, actually, besides yeah. Jake Sully's family, who what Kiri's true nature well, is. And the, and the obviously, like, the people that were there. Does the tribe know? Well, the tribe... I feel like maybe he tribe, said they kept it a secret. I don't remember. That's true, but the people that worked in the facility definitely knew. Yeah. Right? They had to have. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Norm and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. Um, but yeah, just a so. separate tidbit that I would like to bring up because it was a cool scene when so Spider's being held captive by the Colonel. I don't know on the boat entering the final act, and um, he sees like the kids on the ship, and he realizes like they're gonna go and kill them. So or the the kids on I don't know what he sees. I don't really remember exactly what happens, but he's like. Fuck, and he just starts destroying the ship and like grabbing things and beating people over the head with them. He's going ballistic. He's like, he's like, he doesn't care if he fucking dies. The fire extinguisher, which makes it even more insane because if you think about it, it's like compressed. It's compressed fluid, like, and it is just in a metal cylinder, and he's. Bashing people definitely over put the pilot head. in the ICU. The pilot is not recovering. Um, <laughs> no chance. I thought the funny. And then they're just like, fun. and then later on they just care for him, right? Because the ship is sinking. They're like, yeah, they're just on, moving. Gotta him. go, kid. Which I guess I, I said was like maybe it's because they know it's the general's son or whatever. And also just because the natural thing, it's like, oh, he looks like one of us. Yeah, true. Therefore, he is one of us. I love how we got away with breaking so much. Before they even tried to stop him. Yeah. Like he destroyed the entire ship before they stopped him. <laughs> yeah. Just got all those people killed. <laughs> yeah. Spider's awesome. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's like CGI they couldn't afford it, but we were noting after we walked out of the movie, all of us, how um we didn't really see a lot of Avatar people die it was mostly humans if not all humans right i think only jake sully's son dies right fucked Um, up the only one to die has to be his son there you go well no no Um, you see i don't know if you see it like explicitly but you see like the people die you see some like you obviously the see the dude when the ship lands arm not a human though yeah, I'm saying the humans. Like, you see the guy who gets his arm ripped off and then yeah. flung off into the Yeah, the humans thing. can die willy-nilly. They're fine. The Navi. We oh, see a like lot the of them die on screen. That's true. The Navi do die off screen when the humans land, the big thrusters in the beginning. But did they? <laughs> or was that just an uncivilized place or just kill the animals? To be fair, I'm assuming. I'm just assuming that yeah, they I mean, would. they showed a bunch of animals running, but they didn't show a single person. No one seems to mourn the sort loss of, of that. Is it like... like is it like if they show too many Navi dying, it becomes rated R or something? Because they're Navi? Like, you know what I mean? Is it like... Um, yeah, it's, okay if the want to them it's okay if we, It's okay if the bad people die. You can't see the good people Well, die. next movie, we're getting bad Navi with the Ash people. 
So imagine those CGI deaths. We've seen them. Um, oh, you know why they don't have it? It's because it's performance enhancer, so the actors would have to actually die on screen. I should have right. thought about that sooner. <laughs> Either that or just simply there wasn't enough time, so they had to exclusively had to cut it. just cut it. They, they had to cut it. And I really wish I knew what they cut so that we wouldn't have to keep doing this joke, because I do feel like it was a lot of this, but... <laughs> It's always going to be a joke now. So at the end of this fight scene, after the Navi come in and they just fuck shit up and kill a whole bunch of these sky people, kill the poachers, the the whale gets revenge and is huge and is the whole catalyst for them to even make this fight. Then we get to the brutal scene. The very heart-touching scene that I didn't think would be heart-touching. Because, obviously, I saw the foreshadowing coming from that very first scene with... I forget his name already again. Um, Lawak? No, Lawak's older brother. Tam. Tam. In a a feat of saving Lawak, who's gone in over his head to try to save Spider, winds up getting shot. And dies. What does everyone? He was shot. Yeah, he was shot. I think, like I said before, just in general with the whole family, I think it was more emotional than I thought it would be. I, I think I felt something, especially, especially um, after all the fight is over at the end, and those last few scenes where Jake Sully and Nateri plug into the world tree, and they're fucking living in the flashback. Of him yeah. as a kid, that shit goes hard. That's they're also wearing like they're in mourning makeup, like they're yes. wearing black and yeah, it's right after it's his funeral. only them down there. Yeah, that the funeral one, too. Yeah, no, I think the ending is really, really good. Yeah, really emotional. Um, but yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. It was it was surprising how much you wind up caring for these characters yeah. because along the whole time I wasn't expecting to because it just seems like you know. They're going about their business. They're, uh, you know, transforming to this new life. They get into this fight. And just to, I, I think it's an excellent part on the actors because they do it a tremendous performance. And then on top of that, the CGI to actually have that be translated so that mm-hmm. way it feels so real. That moment when they're around Tam and he's sitting there dying. And the whole family is there and have to witness that. It was yeah. it was brutal. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, just to, I guess, wrap up with my thoughts, unless we have any specific ideas in terms of this movie. Um, I think it's entertaining to boot. You know, I really, there's some really high tension parts. There's some parts that maybe some consider boring, but I think really strengthen the characters and their growth. And there are some really emotional parts too. Overall, what I'm trying to say is I think this is all the elements of why I think it's a great movie. Um, Especially as I've kind of been sitting and stewing with it, especially after I saw it rewatch the first movie, which was also great. And, you know, I wish I'd given it a chance sooner. Um, You know, not after 10 years, but here we are. And, uh, Suffice to say, I am very, very excited 
for what's to come next. And given the again, just given the opportunity, if I get it, I don't know if I will. I probably won't. But if I do, I will. I do want to rewatch this movie. Um, and I think its success is um, warranted. And I didn't believe him before, but I guess never doubt James Cameron is right because he's delivering. Um, even if you didn't like the movie, he's deliver. He's one and a half billion. I mean, what can you say? Holy shit. So, any other thoughts? Insane. Insane Honestly, more than money. Yeah, that's ridiculous. No, but the more that we talked about it, the more that I've come to realize, like, all these different aspects of the movie that I absorbed and didn't fully recognize until we started hashing it out. And it's definitely, like, just after this conversation, I put it at a much higher level than I had before. I think that, and especially with more context from the movie that since I hadn't seen it in so long, just the context that you brought along with it throughout this conversation has made me one, want to rewatch the first one as well as give a lot more credit to the actual film that exists in this one. Yeah. Um, Darren or Skyla, any thoughts? I mean, um, I'm interested in the third one. This one definitely uh, like impressed me, exceeded my expectations, made me care. Uh, so I don't know. I don't think it was like by any means one of my favorite movies that I've seen this year. I don't think it like really holds a candle personally to things like Batman. Um, That's good. But I mean, for like what it is being like an original property that I haven't seen in a long time and like, honest, I, I'm going to stick by this. I don't really have a good reason to give a fuck about the movie or its characters, right? Even if the first one was good, it's been so long. Like if you don't go out of your way to rewatch it and you haven't been a fan and like remembering all of this stuff, you know, there's no other media to follow. Like there's, it's really hard to like give a case for why someone should be invested. You know what I mean? So I'll stick by that. Like, yeah. I don't really have a reason to be invested, but like by the end of the movie, I was, you know, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. And like, it also does look nice visually. Yeah. Um, I would, I would say there right? is media to follow. Um, as I have watched a, three hour deep dive into the avatar portion of the disney world theme park um and everything that went into all my own time willingly and it was awesome highly recommend jenny nicholson on youtube if you've ever heard of her she's a theme park enthusiast she's really good thorough um my thoughts on avatar too are it looked really good, which I can now appreciate. Um, I really, really liked the world building. It made me feel like I want to see more content just on Pandora about like anything. I feel like I would watch, not not be like super into it, but I would watch it because it's like I don't know, like how how the people interact with the unique nature. It was really cool, and I liked the the colors i i like little colors like the dragon things they're so the turquoise on them is so nice um the water avatar i love their design so much better than the dark blue avatar 
they've got like these built-in tattoos on their bodies which are really cool looking um they're all a little stockier too which i enjoy i don't know <laughs> mm-hmm. plot wise it was good a little messy but i don't really care <laughs> i'm easy to please so that's my thoughts yeah respect and um you know darian mentioned that um kind of there's no other media to follow and i was thinking about that really and i think that that's one of the reasons why okay you know well actually um Even well, actually, Darren, there's a there's a comic that darian did you know that james cameron wrote a 100 page script of avatar 1.5 given only to the actors that tells what happens between Avatar 1 is and 2. Is this real? Yes, this is real. This is so that they would know. And they eventually turned that, that. They turned that into a comic that is ongoing right now. Did you know that? You didn't know that? No. That's so weird. get fucked. There is media to follow. <laughs> no, my, my, real, my real point. <laughs> my, real, my real point was, I think that's why it's so successful, is because with the MCU, Star Wars, even Jurassic Park, arguably, all these huge franchises, you need to watch a lot of things to keep up with it. You need to now for Marvel, you need to be watching all the Disney Plus shows. Maybe you don't need to, but that's what they're they want you to, right? Um, to, to keep up with what's going on in the movies. And same thing with DC, and same thing with um, a lot of other franchises. I think that's why this stands as a blockbuster and why it's going so well. Is you don't really need to see anything besides the first one, and even then. Most of you didn't see the first one again, and you still watched it. You know what I mean? I think that's why it's 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 uh, it, it appeals to so many different demographics too. You know, it's um like I mean, Evan said his grandparents saw the first one, and I mean that was just Evan. But I I wonder if that I think that'd be interesting to research. Is my guess would be if it's doing this well, it appeals to a lot of different demographics too. That's my point. So. Mm-hmm. I think that it's a double-edged sword as far as what you're mentioning on that part, Darian. Um, but yeah. So, um, Avatar 3. Predictions, hopes. Just go at it. I want to say, um, what if... Uh, I think Kiri being being AWOL would be funny. I mean, not funny. It'd be yeah. cool. Um, no, I think that would be awesome. Yeah. Or, okay, does Jake Sully die in the next one? That would be I hope awesome. Because so. now there's many Jake Sully, so what if that's his final test, you know? Jake Sully. There's Luak. Come on. That's so, a great uh, prediction. That is. Yeah. I think I think Jake Sully's days are numbered. Sam Worthington is out. <laughs> Walking out of the movie theater, I was super hyped for avatar 3 i was like this is gonna be cool i can see exactly how they're setting up the movie which might be a bad thing but whatever but after hearing that there's gonna be fire avatars Mm -hmm. i am now very suspicious of it and i feel um uneasy well did you know the tentative titles for the next movies have been announced already no they're not locked in but they have been James Cameron said that these were his working titles. They're not locked in, but they're the working titles. So the next one is called Avatar, the Seed Bearer. Don't. Nope. Nope. No. What? 
No, you guys have dirty minds, okay? <laughs> it's got to be the next Messiah. Like the it's got to be the bearer. Come on, friends. <laughs> and the next, the it's one that. after Avatar Four is called Avatar, the Tulkun Rider. No, so we're going back to the water. Rider, yeah, back to the forest, right? Oh wait, not to the whales. Tulkun the where? Yeah, yeah, sorry, back to the water, I guess. And then the seed bearer, the tulkun rider, bro. James Cameron is, dude. This guy's, yeah. The guy's right. a freak. And, and then Avatar, <laughs> and then Avatar Five, Avatar, the quest for Awa. Okay, that's a good title. The other one's bad. Okay, well, to be again, they're. I don't think. I don't think. That, I don't think. Well, you should tell him, Nabil, that he should drop those other ones. I yeah, do not James think Cameron that. listens to the filmatic podcast, right? Even if, even if he wanted to, for some reason, I don't think the studio would be able to market the seed bearer really well. <laughs> I don't think that's going to be called. But the quest for A was good. Tolkien Rider is a pretty good name, even if it doesn't. It make sounds sense. cool. That yeah. sounds like yeah. like a like a solo movie spinoff type thing. True. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, like, if I've, I've seen Avatar two, I don't know if I'm enticed by like, okay, we're some guys like riding one of these. What I don't. But you're not supposed to be enticed true. for that next. You're supposed to be enticed for that after the next one. So. <laughs> so true. Who are you to say anything, asshole? I will say the implications <laughs> of the seed bearer in in connection with fire, which is the only thing I'm going off of in my knowledge for the third movie, is. What they're like gonna scorch Earth, and then the soil's gonna be. Uh, suspecting it works like it works on Earth, the soil will be better suited for crops. Is this is that okay? Huh? I, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good guess. That's a pretty good guess. Honestly, I don't think that's interesting at all. Or or it's following these evil Navi who are working alongside the humans to get rid of all the other Navi. And then it's following the family, and Kiri is the seed bearer, meant to restore balance. Uh, not 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 a other Avatar reference, but <laughs> meant to fire nation, you know, save the planet. Okay, that makes sense. I just really hope they don't, don't mean like seed Paul. in that kind of way at all. I just don't like hearing bearer. You know, like the yeah. word bearer. Seed bearer. It just feels Seed queen. Dude. I don't know. I'm sorry. All right. I know it's like a, I'm taking it the wrong way moment. I'll t- I'll accept that. <laughs> but it's just, I'm, I can't get that out of my mind. It just sounds weird. Mm. I'd rather hear like something about like life, you know, like why is the seed bearer? Seed, okay. So we don't know who Kiri's father is. Her father. I'm just saying. No, I'm not even making it. It's funny, but what if that's actually the point? I mean, dude, uh, that's what was on my mind. Really is yeah, it's well, it's like part. instead of saying the father, the seed bearer seems like something you would do. Christ, what does Navi speak? Is that what they say? The seed bearer? I doubt that, it. That sounds your seed bearer. That it's that definitely sounds Navi. Tulkun rider. Well, bearer, okay, there's two different definitions of bearer, though. Like, the one who bore it, or the one who's bearing it. You know what I mean? No. Like, oh, okay. No, 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 I know what you're saying. Like, bear, like bearing pain. 
or bearing like come bearing gifts, right? Like Yeah. Yeah, right. The one okay. who gets pregnant and the one who has the sperm is what I'm trying <laughs> to say. Right. So the seed, if you will. <laughs> Do you think there's a connection to the next movie? Bearer. <laughs> The one who's the one who's. I'm just trying to say the seed bearer could be Sigourney Weaver herself. It might not be a focus on the father. Yeah, no, because it's Awa. Wait, he's one with Awa. Well, who's riding the tulk? <laughs> That's what the I quest, want. The quest for Awa is like the best title in this. Like, just yeah. easily out of process of elimination. <laughs> like, How come the quest starts in number five? It's not like an ongoing thing. Well, five is when they're great, going like, five is when they're going to Earth. Or not going to Earth. Five, they're going to show Earth in some capacity. Oh, they're going to find Awa on Earth? I'm sure. Awa's and everybody. Awa was Yahweh. with us the whole way, bro. <laughs> quest for Yahweh. <laughs> Kanye West will be... It's not funny. It's the not quest funny. for Allah. Is Yahweh a specific denomination? I thought that was just like ancient that's, word that's, for Yahweh. No, that's 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 Jewish. Jehovah Jehovah's the official name of God for technically it should be for all Christians, but it isn't. Uh Whoa. Yahweh is the original <laughs> Jewish and then Allah is uh Allah is Allah's uh, what, yeah. Muslim. Good what job. about Jesus? <laughs> How does he fit into the whole equation? Yeah. <laughs> the I think Jesus is going to be an Avatar 3. Maybe Neri. What is it? <laughs> Kiri? Yes. Mixing all the names together. Kiri basically is Jesus, right? Yeah. Like the so she was born out of honesty, yes. Yeah. And she can. Wait, perform to, miracles. Why do we need a, a religious analogy, though? That's my question. Does Kiri well, we're, maybe we're just perceiving it that way. It's not meant to be perceived as. I don't know, man. Religion. The way the way James Cameron talks about culture and humanity. Does you know? Does wait? Does the seed bearer mean that? No. Kiri is the seed, and she is bored when she's crucified and starts oh, the novel of Christianity. Oh my you think god. Think we're going to see a crusade on earth. They hit the Pentagon. <laughs> <laughs> that's the Cute. sound that, that's the sound that plays when they hit the Pentagon. Listen, this is this is listen. the filmatic after hours portion. This we is all every filmatic is filmatic after hours. So we all know that in Avatar 1, humans get in a machine to become Navi, what if there's a machine for Navi to get into to become humans? Navi why would you do that? Why, like why that. would you do that? Because in Avatar, they, 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 want to they get into a machine. They get into a machine and they fly it into a place. <laughs> what if there's a machine <laughs> that can oh. seat about a hundred people? Listen, okay. listen, you want to be get... weaker? <laughs> what if there's a machine that can fly people? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Bro, but why would you want to become human? You well, want you know, in Avatar One, smaller, Sorry, weaker, not fit. Like, but that's the that's the big twist. Is like, I don't know why they you know he's you want to get fat. 
No, but it's like that's the only way to inhabit Earth, I guess, right? Because they can't they probably can't breathe on Earth. Right? I don't know. Um That's a good point. I would I will really miss seeing them blue though. I think they're really pretty. True. I like all the glow nice in the long. dark. Like dots on their faces, you know. They are long. That's always so cool. The dots inside the whale, that was cool. So and what did you cocoon. can you kinda of tell, you know, listeners, Skyla, like I don't obviously not everything because you said you watched three hours of it, but any cool bits of the Avatar Disney stuff because I know nothing about that. Well, as with all like subdivisions in the Disney theme park, you have to build it in such a way. And I just found this really interesting that you can't see any other parts of the theme park as to ruin the illusion and immersion oh. of the subdivision you're in. And because there's like floating islands, they had to like build it really like, kind of deep in the ground to like not let other parts of the park see the floating islands. Holy so it's like shit. really intensive. Um they also do like um I don't know, I think there's like one ride. Not it's not like a roller coaster. It's like one of those like you're sitting in a car and it's like you're yeah. you're surrounded by screens kind of ride. It's a Disney ride. Actually I did hear about that. I heard it was pretty good. Um Yeah, yeah. I heard good. it was good. Um they have a lot of immersive things scattered around the little subdivision that like you can kind of interact with not to the degree of like harry potter of like wands you just like if you're walking by at the right moment you can like see it move or something like that just like little creatures and whatnot like rustling in the bushes one thing though is it's all based on avatar one because it came out like a few years ago so i don't know what they're gonna do now Oh, they should update like, it. Make a fucking, like, water park or it something. It sounds like it was kind of, like, after its opening and the hype died down, I think they were supposed to have, um, like, maybe this is because of COVID, actually. True. I can't remember when I was watching this, but they were supposed to have, like, human actors in, like, stunt suits, I think, because they're super shit. tall, so they had to have, like, um... To wear stilts or whatever? Stilts, that's what I'm talking about, stilts. They also spent a lot of money on really high-quality scale to how tall the navi are animatronics and i think they could only afford like one or two of them <laughs> holy shit anyways that's all i really remember that's pretty cool i feel like i i'd be interested to check it out wouldn't be in my top three choices of theme parks to go to but yeah they have the avatar ears you know how you can get mickey ears they have the avatar yeah, ears so just little cat ears basically because that's what they are it's pretty much blue cat ears, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Well, uh, I guess um, I guess that's. <laughs> well, what'd you learn about the comic? Um, I did actually, you read it? I, I no, I was meaning to read it. But I did not. I forgot about it. And did not read for it. I'm going to though. Ten years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean to read it for the past. Decade. No, no, it only came out recently. It only came out recently. Um, but it's still actually. I think it's ongoing. There's still some issues. I think it's Dark Horse Comics is the company. Hmm. Um, like the Katy Perry song. I think it'd be interesting to find out what happened. You know, little adventures between one and two. You know, um, how many kids do they have? Three plus Sigourney. So that's at least Four. two more tree sex scenes that could be in the comics. Uh, <laughs> True. You know. <laughs> I'm just improv in here. Um, any okay? I guess last call. 
any thoughts about anything relating to this? Where we this is really it? out there, but um, the Avatar people in general are all just modeled after black people, and I don't know how that's supposed to make me feel. You all can tell this. The dreadlocks, the black hair, their noses are wider. I don't. You know what I'm talking about. I know it's the dreadlocks, but like... They're also Not saying the, cuz, which I don't know what that's about either, because okay, Jake was wasn't no, saying that. that in the first movie. Yeah, I don't know where that came from. Well, I definitely think there's supposed to be like some kind of racial allegory between yeah, humans minority, and Avatar. Native American but, yeah. sort of thing, yeah. But they don't present them as like natives, I don't feel The first like. one, they definitely do. I will say, having rewatched it... it. It feels like in this movie, though... I guess they don't really show a lot of the Navi culture. It's just Jake's family and then the new group of water. So maybe the new ones are supposed to be more modeled after African Americans. The tree people are like they kind just of don't Native do Americans. much tribal shit. They're kind of just like and the fire people are going to be uh, Eastern European. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I was off base for that. You tell me so if I was, but that that's I just no. I mean it's a good that vibe guess. in the movie, and I was like, oh, I don't a- know what this. I'm sure they modeled it after something, so it's, it's a good guess. Um, I mean, I don't know, not to get too deep into this, but it does feel like there's kind of like a direct like metaphor allegory or whatever to like, oh, the humans want to be like these like people that they look down on, but they want to be them like physically. It's like a, a like a fucking like get out type shit where yeah. it's like I feel like they kind of allude to that where it's like. They hate them, but, like, they do, like, acknowledge the benefits of their, like, body or some shit, you know? That's a good point, actually. I don't really remember the first one. I don't know how deep it was. No, no, you're right. Now that you say that, I'm kind of picking that up, remembering from the first one. The problem, though, is if that is intentional, it doesn't really make sense because in the real world, there are not actual physical benefits to being one race or the other, and James Cameron would be playing into like some well, kind I, of I don't think that's why I, th- I think it's bad to read too far into it because in yeah. the end they are literally aliens so yeah that's true you know what I mean? Fair. but I, I agree they're definitely based on a, I think a multi <laughs> just cut, cut it right there a clip right there a little cacks a little tracks um but yeah I think they're definitely based on a swirl of minority sort of uh, inspirations um, also, it, are any of the sky people not white? I only remember white. <laughs> I don't think you're just calling movie. humans the sky people is awesome. I love it. Um, I don't know. Sorry, what'd you say? Are they all white? Yeah, I don't remember. Is that your question? Any Michelle Rodriguez in the first movie. Obviously oh, that's is true. Latina. That's true. I don't remember um, one in this movie, though. I don't remember one black person. The br- Oh, there's a brown scientist. Indian scientist. Okay. Uh, That's a win. That's a real um, win. Why you, why'd you look at me when you said that? Bro, you know James Cameron is the I, type of person anyone catch that? Did like... anyone catch that? Skyler said that's a win and looked straight into my eyes. <laughs> I know it's weird because she's staring at one camera and there's only one camera on her. Anyway. <laughs> you think you're in? Um... I feel like, dude, I feel like James Cameron, like, you know, knowing Terminator, like, okay, let me just put this out here. Okay, you watch the first Terminator, it, it is what it is. Then you go to the second Terminator, even halfway through the first one, whatever. My point is, like, it goes from, like, this thriller, sci-fi, whoa, the Terminator, to, mm-hmm. like, 
guys, there's actually like this insane story where there's like a time loop of like this guy <laughs> fucking this girl so she can like have her son who is his father. And like there was actually like an entire you know thing going on with the machines and Skynet. Like, Skynet Morty. Yeah. It's like James Cameron like flips the script on you, but he's not flipping the script. He's just like actually, it's it's way bigger, guys. I feel like by the time we get to Earth, it's not going to just be like oh they destroyed Earth. It's silly humans. They're so they're so resource using. You know what the fuck is wrong with them? They milked the Earth and now they're <laughs> doing it to this place. I feel like it's going to be something, like, crazier, dude. Like, you know, what if they go to Earth and it's, like, they actually just, like, genocided each other or some I, shit. I do know? think, I think it'll be cooler. I think that anything like that would be cooler than just humans are killing the Earth. Yeah. I, feel I think like it just, will be like that. My point being, there's no yeah. diversity in the people in space. <clears throat> my on, on us, I'm not saying they're all dead. Okay, I know I use the Wait, that's a crazy. Thing. That's a. That's it's like, what if idea. it's like, you know, there's only white people? Because there is definitely like themes outside of the ecological shit. There's themes of like, oh, these people are different, even between the Navi and the, the water people. You know, yeah, they all like, savages who know. squat in the mud or whatever. I think in the first. Yeah, one. James Cameron's yeah. definitely like, I don't know. He's obviously trying to make like a. A commentary on the state of the world i think it's like there's division culturally and then like we're also destroying the planet yeah i feel I like mean, that would all be really relevant i mean if he's going to show us earth it has to be like some fucked up future right like he likes doing that i think that's a really smart idea that i now that you're saying it seems like something you definitely would do um for sure yeah it's really interesting Earth has become like factional, dude. They're no better than Pandora, you know. Holy shit! There's fire humans and water humans. And... No. <laughs> what is they the just redo everything? Do? James say? Cameron makes a cameo as leader of the water humans. They go to Earth. They're like this guy, James Cameron, who's been artificially <laughs> kept alive. He like discovered the secret of the ocean. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I think they'll put Titanic in the... Maybe. They go to Earth. They watch a James Cameron movie. They make a joke about it. What is this, Deadpool now? <laughs> I don't fucking know, dude. You think Deadpool's gonna make fun of Avatar? The next Deadpool movie, man? It's, like, it's, a, Dis- it's a Disney property now. I so say 75% can chance. But actually, since it's a Disney property, they don't want to shit on it too much. But Deadpool's entire thing is shitting on other properties. Well, that's why Deadpool is probably going to get neutered by Disney, dude. I don't know. Maybe. I don't think so. I think so. he's going to reference a lot of shit, but I don't know how far they're going to let him go Darren, with, like, degrading the quality think, of their other movies. I think this is a rare scenario where it's not profitable to neuter Deadpool. So they won't Are they going to learn it. that the hard way, though? No. I think they're much smarter than we give them credit for. I hope. That's why they've come out already and said, it's going to be rated R, it's going to be rated R, it's going to be rated R. Conductor, we have a problem. Conductor, we have a problem. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, dude. A lot of movies were going to be rated R that I remember. No, you're, no I'm, I'm just... I don't know. That would be fucked. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think they're going to take away the R rating, but... That would, but that would just... Yeah, that would destroy their movie. No one... Everyone would be pissed. Um, I think the best thing we have going for us is that Ryan Reynolds is just, like, not going to probably put up with bullshit. True. I feel like he's the type of guy that's like, I'm not going to do the movie if you guys don't let me be funny the way I want to be. 
Whose kitty litter did I just shit in? He's in. <laughs> yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see for sure. So what's next in movies? You know, next uh, is January and February. Ant-Man. Quantumania. That looked kind of bad, to be honest, in the ad. I'm you know, hyped for Mario. There was a recent oh, quote. Oh, I'm hyped for Mario. But... <laughs> Mario will probably be better than Ant-Man. But, um. There's a recent quote from Peyton Reed, who's the director of Ant-Man. I don't know if you saw this or we talked about it, but he was like, I'm tired of people saying my Ant-Man movies are palate cleansers for the MCU, okay? This is an Avengers-level event. (laughs) I just thought that was a funny... So cringe. I like that he acknowledged that his other ones were palate cleansers. Uh, I don't really that, have like, high hopes for it. Yeah. yeah. It, to me, this is going to be a very weird specific thing, but I feel like you guys, I don't know, I feel like at least one of you might feel the way I'm feeling. When they do the whole montage and they play the David Bowie song and it's like, whoa, the quantum realm is like, there's all these crazy characters and creatures and like it looks weird, but there's a lot of cool like visual effects choices that don't just make it look like space it's like weird space it feels like they're trying to like ride the guardians of the galaxy yes. visual style 100 so true it never works whenever they try it just it feels like they literally are like copy pasting it and they're trying to capture the vibe you know with the david bowie song make it all like i just i don't know man i'm not here for it i'm not a fan was it david bowie Beyond the Yellow Brick Road? Oh, my bad. I, yeah, don't, I, I, I thought I couldn't was... even remember the song. I was just making shit up. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't you see it, though? Yes, I couldn't. I literally... You put in, like, fucking... Uh, Man on the Moon this... or whatever it's called. Yeah, one Moonrise one. Daydream. Moonrise Daydream, which was in Guardians 1. Um, okay. Yeah, so that's probably literally, like, they used a different song in the same way that another movie did, presenting, like, same visuals. Yeah. And then they're... I, I feel like that's... Literally, like an AI could tell them to do that. Like, oh, this works marketing wise. <laughs> People like this, so just do that. If you don't like, can you imagine if this these MCU movies specifically, like, let's just talk about this since we're bringing it up. You know, you mentioned Quantum Mania, Quantum Realm. Everything's crazy. There's crazy characters everywhere. What if these MCU movies actually had environments and worlds that were as rich and immersive as Pandora? You know what I mean? Why can't they take a cue? I'll tell well, you I why. Feel like the I answer my own is, question. It's, it's just time so crunch. random, though. Time crunch is random. Nothing is planned, and that they're turning them out so fast. And there's no, there's no vision. It's, it's just like quality, quantity over quality. You know. It just feels like Marvel is like really like I don't know like okay Guardians of the Galaxy. I feel like kind of embraced that like oh it's space like uh, there's crazy shit you know like yeah okay fine. But doing, like, okay, guys, the quantum realm is a completely, like, non-cohesive place with a bunch of random shit that, like, doesn't make sense because it's, like, the multiverse. So we don't have to try to make this feel immersive because it it isn't supposed to make sense. It just feels, like, kind of lazy. I don't know. I think yeah. it's supposed to be, like, oh, this is cool and fun, but it's just not. It just feels like... Not even cool and... Be, like, cool and yeah. fun, bringing shit from, like... 
It's like the multiverse, not like yeah. an asteroid also, with aliens. Also, like there should, there should be colors, and it should everything shouldn't be orange and gray. <laughs> like, yeah, that's a classic. But um, just to uh, yeah, we could talk about that forever. I feel like, but just to round out this Marvel stuff, since we're talking about it, can I tell you guys two things about future Marvel movies, specifically the newer? There's going to be two Avengers movies that are releasing back-to-back one year next year, like Infinity War and Endgame. Um, Avengers Secret War and Avengers Kang Dynasty. And Kang Dynasty sounds so stupid, dude. I'm not going to lie. I have verified leaks, all right, about two characters that will... Sorry, three characters that are going to be... Okay, let let me break this down a little bit. I can tell you who the villain is going to be of the two yeah. movies. And I can tell you the ca- three of the cameos in Avengers Secret Wars that are from the same leaker who leaked Toby in No Way Home. Okay, well, Iron Man's going to be one of them, right? Okay, yes, correct. to put Iron Man back into... Yes. Can you name the other RPG? two? Yes. Yeah, by by Iron Man, I did. I do want to specify. I was not thinking like, oh, it's a re- different Iron Man. Obviously, it's got to be Robert Downey Jr. Jeff, are you it, sure you, you know, want to hear these next two? You know, it's yeah. kind of like it's kind of like uh, not that anyone will get this, but I can explain it in a way that it doesn't matter. It's like wrestling peaked at some point in you know the past like twenty or thirty years. Uh, as of like 2010, right? 20, 30 years in 2010. So they just have to keep bringing back people like The Rock, John Cena, Hulk Hogan until he fucking went off the rails and became a racist. Like, they, I don't know, man. Like, why is it out there? Why is it leaked? It's almost yeah. like they need to sell you the new Spider-Man movie. They need to sell you True. the new Avengers movies by just like, oh, guys, like, look, it's this yeah. person from your childhood. Uh, remember, they're still here. Really, Secret Wars is going to be full of almost entirely the lineup is going to be cameos of multiversal and that's the problem what do they set up for the next phase it's it's the same problem if you fucking put john cena and the rock on the billboard of wrestling events for a decade straight when they when they stop being usable as characters in your universe we can say you haven't created a new character for anyone to care about, which is a precise problem with wrestling and why it's probably fallen off so much in the mainstream. How is that not happening already to Marvel? Yeah. Like, I, I never know. I never bought Tony Stark's... I've talked about this on the podcast multiple times, but like, I never bought his Endgame arc in the first place. For the people who do, how is this satisfying to you? You know what I mean? Like, What is wrong with you? <laughs> What is wrong with you? Why are you blue? (laughs) I didn't hate it in the end game. I I didn't hate it. I thought it wasn't perfect. I thought there definitely could have been better. It's almost like they they did it already really well in Iron Man 3. But no one talks about Iron Man 3 because the Mandarin wasn't really in the movie. Oh, we thought the Mandarin was going to be in the movie, but it was a a mislead. Oh, 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 oh. Overall, I, I that'd do, be funny to just moan after that. Sorry. 
I definitely agree that the end that the end game story arc for Iron Man wasn't good because it doesn't follow what he's done for the majority of all the other movies, and it felt like going back to Iron Man three, where it's like, oh, what's the point of me? Um, but obviously, I feel like the eventual finish was very satisfying. Right, and that's it's fair, I man. Yeah. That that makes me very angry that they're bringing him back, Case especially considering how all these other movies, especially the Spider-Man movies, have just relied on the end of Iron Man to continue pushing their narrative. It's true. Yeah, that's that's the only dude. That's all I've been thinking about, honestly. Like, not. I, it's been a very short time, but I'm like, that was my immediate thought is what the fuck does Tom Holland's Peter Parker do when Robert Downey Jr. is there in person in front of him as Iron Man? He's like, oh, Mr. Stark, this is Spider-Man crazy. going to be in it? Of course he's going to be in it. <laughs> and then Iron Man has to not know him. It's just going to be weird. I don't know. Well, speaking uh, of Spider-Man who are going to be in the movie. Apparently, the other league. Do you want to know? I mean, Apparently, I all the Spider-Man fucking Captain well, America is no. probably going to be there, right? Andrew, we don't know, but confirmed. Toby and Wolverine are going to be in Secret Wars. Ooh, Jack- I'm not about that. Yes, yes. Okay, so Hugh Jackman's like, guys, I'm doing it one more time for Deadpool three. Actually, Logan didn't matter. Do it again Logan because... didn't matter. Logan didn't matter. Actually, I'm doing like, it again for twenty million dollars. I think that's a more poignant Patrick example. Stewart was like, guys, I'm not doing it again. Yeah. I'll die in Doctor Strange in a meaningless fucking whatever. Yeah. I think that's even more poignant. I think it's almost inarguable how well done Logan's arc was in Logan. What's the point of that? He's back Guys, for Deadpool. It's a different. It's a different Professor X. No, it's a different. There was Wolverine an interview. There's an interview this week where they asked him. They're like, "So Logan didn't matter," and he's like, "No, no, no you see, you see, but you see, mate, this takes place." I can't do it. <laughs> Hugh Jackman's about to explain the concept of the multiverse to a fucking interview. Oh, mate, you didn't... You don't get it? This one takes place before Logan. Holy shit. Mind blown. Okay. Like... like okay. <laughs> no. Um, so this is it. Uh, we, we discussed Avatar. We discussed Marvel. This is it. This is it. People now. This is it. Morty, we're one of the people now, Morty. We're one of the nay. Hey, we need Morty. I'm Navi Rick. One of the people now, Morty. Uh, we're one of the sea people. When that part came up in the movie, Evan and I started laughing uncontrollably, and we were crying (laughs) because I think it was that funny. it was supposed to be the serious moment, and neither it was of us pretty serious. Seriously. We couldn't. Just me. It was like okay, yeah, like it was. Everyone laughed in the moment, but when they went well, home, when they, they went home, laughing. what are they thinking about? What are they thinking about? No, I still so want to cry laughing thinking about it. It was it was so poorly done. I will say the ending was. Was what? <laughs> Jesus. Okay. I, I mean, you didn't like the movie. You didn't like the movie. Okay. That was incredible timing. <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. <laughs>
Um, Skylar, you had something to say too, right? What? <laughs> I, can, I can cut that for you. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> leave it. Leave it. Girls fart. Girls poop. It needs to be known. <laughs> okay. Well, this is the section, little outro, where we, we plug things. We plug things that we are working on, that our friends are working on. Anything you want to promote to the two people who are listening. Darren, anything you want to plug? Um, probably the the good old boys over at Burnout. Now they're putting together some tracks for us. Okay, Burnout, new track "Stop Moving." I think is out on Spotify. Has over eight hundred streams and only three listeners. So. It's a joke. It's a joke, Connor. (laughs) We love you. Can I anti plug? Can I anti plug something? Yes. Uh, There's this song by this uh, local indie artist, Burnout. Um, It's called (laughs) "Stop Moving." Good. uh, I anti plug that. Could I say it's the worst thing that's ever happened in music? Not actually. Love you, Connor. All right, Skyla, you have anything to plug or anti-plug? I have to plug Sungrazer to even it out, so check out Sungrazer. Uh, <laughs> Holy shit. I'm also going to plug my dog. She's having a surgery tomorrow morning. Wish her, she's she having a surgery in five hours. Is Wish she having luck. a surgery because you plugged her? <laughs> no. She tore her ACL and she tripped oh, running through a ball. <laughs> I feel bad about it's like my sports, dude. Literally, it is like she's sports. She's a menace, though. She's literally a monster. Jeff, is that like sports? Well, in terms of sports, uh, plug shout out. Uh, everyone, pray for Demar Hamlin. Uh, he almost died on a football. I heard it was that COVID nineteen vaccine, though. Yeah, Nabil, you missed this in chat. <laughs> so. <laughs> Have you heard of what's happening with Damar Hamlin? Yeah, well, and like- in response to Cole Ross, if he was here, this happens and has happened. People have died of the Cole same Ross. kind of thing, like during sports events. Nabil, have you heard of, heard of it? Yeah, of Cole course. I've seen it in the news. Yeah. The, the news. I mean, it's incredible. I, I hate how people are trying to push their own agendas. Uh, people I actually how... pushing their agendas? Didn't he just have a heart attack? No, okay, like, so oh, for no, no, clarification, no. Cole did say it was because of the COVID vaccine. And he Man, was I am serious. glad I left that chat. That so is... for context, uh, this NFL player, during like a very important game, uh, makes a routine tackle. And when he gets up, he passes out. And then on the field... It turns out that he stopped breathing, stopped having a pulse. And so they had to administer CPR. Um, Not only that, it was like 15 minutes when he was on the field, pretty much, uh, without oxygen before they finally got him oxygen after they got his sports started. It took like 10 minutes for them to even finish administering CPR so that way he had a pulse again. Uh, got to the hospital, they had to administer CPR again. 
He had to be resuscitated twice in the same day. Uh, and a lot of people online, like doctors, medical professionals, are saying it's commotio cortis, which is basically when, like, uh, you get, like, a high impact to the chest, specifically in the region where, like, your left ventricle of your heart is. And due to that, like, specifically, like, when electrical signals are being sent to the heart to, like, you know, make it pump, uh, it's sent, it, the contact happens at a specific time, which causes arrhythmia, which causes your heart to stop. You go into cardiac arrest. And unfortunately, a lot of people are trying to push this as a COVID vaccine agenda. Um, this is like more than a more than a Cole Rouse thing. Yes, like it's huge. Oh, on I didn't know that. No, no, That's it, awful. A lot of people that what evidence do they have? Whatever, I'm not even... are saying things, and you know, if it turns out to be true, how would it turn dumb. out to be true? It's two separate, independent events. He got a yep. booster shot, and he also got a high impact chest impact <laughs> you know what i mean like no it's it, and it's a thing that happens it could be caused by uh, i'm no medical professional uh it could be caused yeah, but by you any have number sense. of things so it's like the only thing not. we know that for sure happened was it was cardiac arrest um and right now he's fine for his life so all prayers all thoughts all hearts all minds go to uh, Damar Hamlin, a very talented 24-year-old who gives back to his community, you know. Yeah. Keep him in your thoughts and prayers, your minds Crazy and your shit, hearts bro. as he battles. It's not even it's January 4th and shit's already in the fan. Yeah. You know. Not a high note to end on, but a true note. Shit's, shit's, shit's happening. You want a high note to end on? Sure. So as a result um, of this whole ordeal um, from Damar Hamlin, he was he started a fundraiser campaign, like a GoFundMe, back when he was uh, back when he was in college for a toy drive for kids within the Pittsburgh area, which is where he's originally from, where he went to college, and uh since his injury the gofundme which had a $2500 uh it was a $2500 goal a target mm-hmm. the current uh, donations are nearing on 6 million dollars wow so at least if something good came out of this uh, which obviously we all hope Tamar Hamlin's okay, but it's it's a good thing that at the very least some light has been shed on his charitable donations and his endeavors, and at the very least people have been donating. And uh, word has come from the family that they are planning to do a lot more than just uh, a toy drive for kids. They want to do other things with this money to help give back to the Pittsburgh community, which is really awesome and commendable. For sure. Yeah, that is definitely a positive side of the story. Well, you guys have been listening to Filmatic Podcast. Be sure to follow everyone here on 
social media? At Not Kilgarian. me, I don't have any. Oh, it was... Okay. At <laughs> Skyla.Sheehy. At uh, Jeff Wills at, on Snapchat or something like that. I don't know. Um, just look up Jeff Williams on Snapchat. No. He invites you to, actually. He's looking forward to it. No, actually, I don't. Uh. <laughs> All right, everybody. You guys want to say bye or... <laughs>